West West Show. I don't even know what what I what I, what I need to say. I don't. I don't. Know. Bro, we're we're, we're I don't just know. like hey, like Cam says, we're on the bus. Wherever the bus goes, the last stop is the one is the one three five, which is the hood. The hood, man. We'll just talk about whatever's on your mind or wherever you want the conversation to go, bro. I'll chuck in some some gym stuff that I need as we're um, bringing up. I don't know. I mean, I suppose uh, you know everybody's been through the big storms and the rain last night, eh? And. Uh, that's created a few a few dramas and uh, be a bit of pain there, right? For people that need to tidy up their homes and and things like that. Was that better? Yeah. I think the saddest part about all of that is the fucking fact that whereas rate players, all that shit hasn't even been fucking taken care of. Right? Nah, man. But there's you know you know there's all that controversy about the free waters and stuff, and uh, you know there's a, you know I'm, you know that. I don't really have too much of a view, eh? But you know, you know, people are either for or against it, and mm. they you know, would there be a push to go for that free waters now? That because it just shows that the the waterways and the and just the way that we all of our infrastructure with regards to water is shit. It can't it can't control it. You know, you look last year, last year Kumu alone that flooded when there was that big rain, eh? That whole street, all of those businesses underwater. Yeah. There's a massive song and dance by the locals out there that oh, you know. The council's got to step up. Watercare's got to step up and fix, you know, fix all of the infrastructure. You know, a year or so later, ain't shit been done, eh? And look what happened last night. It's all flooded again, Riverhead. That whole Taupaki, you know, area that's all, you know, flooded out. Is that, is that like a, a push to say, you know? I can't hear you, eh? Check, check. Oh, there it is. There you go. But that's interesting you say that, Ulz, because remember the water used to come every six months, then it became quarterly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And I remember times was hard, very like I remember, fuck, I had to get, I had to, just you know, just rely on sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It so costs like, costs a bit of money, yeah. You like just, you know your rates, your water rates, um, insurances, and yeah, bro. But you know, with what happened last night, or you know, yesterday and last night, is that going to make things go up even more? Because it just shows our our water infrastructure is well below where it needs to be. All it takes is, you know, well, you know, there's millions of damage already. You know, last night, and then you, if you think in, say, two or three months' time, or when winter rolls around, and there's a couple, couple more big downpours. Yeah, it's gonna happen again, eh? Are they gonna fix it in time? I doubt it, eh? You know, so you got the, you got all of those costs, um, you know, and if they want, if they do go ahead and push with 
f- fixing it or you know whether three waters comes about or not somebody's going to sort it out eh? and that comes at a cost we got you know who pays for it us as taxpayers got to pay for it but then it's also there's another side of that as well as like the insurances yeah. you, know, you know i'd hope that most of us have insurances and you know if shit hits the fan our insurance covers it but that you know that that all gets covered by our premiums eh yeah and you know when you claim on those premiums your no claims bonus is gone and and you know next year eh, that premium's going up and you just think if there's i reckon there was probably hundreds of millions in damage you look at all those cars floating on the motorway and all those houses it's not just house damage car damage all the contents you know people's appliances and all that and furniture all that all that damage those insurance companies eh? you know i work for a corporate know how it works eh? They gotta pay for it somehow, eh? Yeah. yeah. Who pays for it? We pay for it. <laughs> yeah, we pay for it as the consumer. We pay for it, eh? You know that that free water stuff. I've, I've I've heard it on the radio like a lot of times, and because right now it's it's it, our waters come through our water care. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they're gonna change the whole system, right? Yeah. That's what free water is yeah, about. Yeah. What's your understanding of free water? Oh, I haven't really. I haven't. I've never really delved deep enough to really look into it and understand it. But it's you know there's lots of drama around it. There's a couple a couple of things that involve. So all throughout New Zealand, everybody sort of each council, each region manages the water themselves. So we got water care up here, and you know down the line, you're like you know I got family that live in Levin and in Wellington and that they don't pay for water, eh? No, they don't pay. We pay for water up here. I don't, I don't know if there, there might be a few other cities that might pay for water, but you know, I think mostly it's just Aucklanders that pay for water. Because we didn't used to do that, eh? We didn't nah. used to pay for water back no. in the day. Nah, nah, we like didn't. when we were kids going to school, we never paid for water. Eh? Nah, no, nah, we didn't. Yeah. Uh, and this this more or less came to light because um, when we were going through the dry spell in Auckland, and they were looking at ways because they started building out in um in Manukau, and uh, I think it's uh, Manurua. All that infrastructure was going in. But then there wasn't enough drainage, and then we were at a water shortage because they bought all these new houses. Yeah, they haven't yeah. actually planned for who's going to supply that water. And the dam at the time was hitting near the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And then we yeah. had that big rain, and then they sort of brought it back up. But they were trying to bring water up from Waikato. They were trying to say, oh, let's ship some of this. And Fulgoff wasn't having a bar of it. He's like, fuck off. We're not paying for this water. But then he was willing to put that onto the, the land rates, you know, on everyone else to pay for the water. Which is like, oh fuck, we want to see some development first before you start trying to say, oh, we'll pay for this water. So, so it's really, a it's a really infrastructure issue. Eh? It's a, it is. It's like a, more people live yeah. in Auckland. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, they're, they're trying to spread the cost throughout the whole country. So there's one one agent or one one entity that looks after the whole country and sort of uses or like you know gathers the funds and spends the funds and allocates the funding where it should be. You know, but that you know that takes it out of control, out of the region. So, like you know, there's obviously a massive need in Auckland, you know, South Auckland, even out here. When you know, you look out west and all the development, all those you know, as people like to call them the Lego houses that are being built everywhere. You know, all the infrastructure around there, mate. Like you know, we need it here. But you know, you, you look at like I say, small town and Huntley. They yeah. probably they, they obviously do need help there as well, but they don't need the level of help that yeah, that absolutely. we need. So you know, they're paid. They'll they'll potentially be paying for it, but they'll be paying for our stuff. Yeah. And that's wrong, bro. Because I think fucking Super City's fucked us big time. Bro. Oh, Super City they made it's a massive mess of it, eh? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's only that because we have to we have to rely on water from other places outside the city. Yeah, mostly so Waikato. With, yeah. yeah, it comes from Waikato, the Waikato River. If we run out of the dams in Auckland, like in Waitax and on Hunua, when they're low, I think it happened a year ago, like when COVID yeah, happened, eh? Just before the COVID, and we had that big pour. Yeah, we had yeah. to get it from yeah from mm. from, from, from Waikato. 
So even the bro, I got one of the bros who lives up in Hoya, and he was saying, that's fucking crazy, man, that we're paying all this fucking water rates when the fucking dam is overflowing. You know, and it's like, how does that work? Because they can't cope. There's can't no, cope. they yeah. can't cope. And it's most, it's not so much, um, it's not so much the water that we drink. It's, it's the waste, the storm water, yeah. the wastewater. That's the issue. Like we don't have enough infrastructure to clean that up. And that's why, like you know, whenever there's a big downpour, like there was last night, the contamination, contamination. All the beaches, all of Auckland, you can't go to swim in any yeah. of those, uh, any beaches. of those beaches. Otherwise, you know, you're gonna have those yeah, liquid, uh, liquid runny eh? Yeah, bro. Well, that's <laughs> up, man. That's it. <laughs> You can't, you can't, yeah. So, you know, I think that's where the, the main issue is, eh? Is, you know, even though there, you know, there might be heaps of water available for us to drink, but it's when, when, when it gets contaminated, that's where the issues are, eh? How do we manage that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not an infrastructure specialist by any means, eh? So I don't know. I don't have the answers, eh? But. <laughs> well, this conversation just started because of the, the, the floods we've been having around, yeah, around yeah. the area, eh, man? So. But you live up in uh, West Alba, so it's it's okay up around. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Some yeah, most of it. I mean, it's quite hilly up there as well. So it depends where, you, where, where we were. It wasn't too bad, but you know there are some spots where, like on Moya Road, Moya Road by that roundabout. It, you know, in uh, Moya Road, West Harbour Drive roundabout, that flooded out. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just just up further up, there were a few few little issues, but nothing nothing too too major. Not not like how it was out in um, in Ranui, out here. You know, there's. Got got pretty pretty rough, eh? And you see out in Calston in a few spots was pretty hairy as well, eh? Well, they've got the um, at St Anne's Primary they've got the new emergency yeah, yeah, um, yeah. housing there for for families who can't yeah. can't really um stay any anywhere else but uh, yeah. go there, well, yeah. oh, man. Well, yeah, I that's, that's good, eh? Yeah, but man, I've never seen anything like this at all, eh? In Auckland, nah, man, especially. Worse, worse than that. Suppose you know that there was that cyclone that came through the other week, eh? That you know we got the tail end of that cyclone. Was it cyclone Hale or Halley or whatever it was called? I can't remember. But Haley, Haley, that's yeah. the one. But like that was like nothing really. It was like a bad windy. It was, just, it was, it was like I was at all, and, and and yesterday it was like oh, there's this you know they didn't make too much. Oh, it's gonna rain. It's gonna be windy. Maybe a few thunderstorms, but but bro, it was fucking wrong, eh? shit hit the fan all <laughs> over the show, literally. Let's fuck that. Like with all the technology we have, and all the fucking weather reports you've seen, fucking you didn't hear enough of it. Nah, right? and it just showed like you know you look at the motorways. You know you see those cars floating on the motorways. Like, bro, when you're driving down the motorway at a hundred and you see shit coming up, you know, like you start floating under eighty, or and then you go down and there's a big bloody pile of water in front of you, and then there's everybody out. You stop. But then you can't turn around, eh? Because it's only yeah, one right. way on the motorway. So what happens? <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, and then man, it must be pretty nerve wracking when you watch that big pile of water growing. Yeah, bro. And then start going around your car. Then it's like, shit. What do you do? You have to get out, and you can't exactly go. Oh, can you back up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced that one time. King Tide on the Point Chev motorway. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Is that they before they put they built it up? That was before they lifted it. Yeah. And fuck, I remember coming out of the... Oh, I was coming from St. Luke's and I, and I was thinking to myself, man, that, that water looks quite dark, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. usually like, you know, not as brown as what it was. Yeah, yeah. Then I realised like, fuck, that, those waves are actually on the road. Yeah, right, coming over. The more I was actually getting closer to Patsuki Road, I was just thinking, the fucking water is actually on the road. And then the waves were crashing against the fucking barrier in the middle of the road. <laughs> big big Mac truck, bro, coming down the middle lane, which yeah. was fucking... Flashing the slides, fucking yeah. pulling on the tornado, just advising like fucking had his hazard lights on, and he was just 
pointing to jump on the other lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of the way. Bro, little did I know they had actually blocked the motorway off a Patsuki turn off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Directing the traffic away. But fuck, everyone that was on the motorway, there was only one lane open, bro. But it was just the scariest thing, bro. I was like, damn, if the world was ending, it probably looked something like this. Like, you know, because the waves. Yeah, and people get stuck. What it was. Yeah, bro. And I was like, fuck, wait, this is fucking scary. But yeah, it is. But this comes back to your point, bro. Bad, you know, poor communication, lack of communication. Yeah, man. You know, it's like, oh, shit's going to hit the fan. Avoid the motorway. I just remember that saying, oh, you know, oh, we might close the harbour bridge. <laughs> If it might get a little bit windy, so we might close that, but didn't talk about anything else, eh? Yeah. Just like that fucking, you know, the Alton John concert last night. <laughs> Boy, my sister was went to that, eh? Bro, they yeah. missioned through all the rain. They walked in, like, fucking almost knee-deep water. Got in there. It was pissing down, bro. Got in there, sat down, and then they're like, oh, they'll fucking evacuate. <laughs> so, like, bro, imagine that. Yeah. And then you got to fucking try to battle the other yeah, thousands right. of people that are trying to get yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. and then jump on the roads where everywhere is flooded. Took them, I think they, they live out in Tidurangi, yeah, and but it took them like, they got home in actually quite good time, but it took them an hour and a half to get home. But like, that's, you know, just poor communication, poor planning. It's like, bro, there's that concert and shit hit the fan, what time? Probably about three o'clock, four o'clock. It started hitting the fan, eh? It started raining pretty hard. Well, they announced the cancellation 15 minutes before he's due to jump yeah, on stage, man. It's like you would have seen, like, at, at five o'clock, at least you'd have been like, fuck, it's raining hard, man. <laughs> it's flooded. Maybe, maybe it's time to call it a day, eh? Yeah, bro. Maybe. I bet you, fuck, he didn't even, even leave the fucking nah. hotel room. His security already playing cards and shit. And yeah, he's like, yeah. so what's the call, man? He's like, fuck it. We just won't make the decision nah, now. Nah, I ain't going out and seeing yeah, that. ain't no rocket man tonight. Hard already. <laughs> but it wasn't even just the rain, man. It was it was the fact that on the other thing was that um, the trains were out of order because yeah, they had to do yeah. some upgrading that same weekend. This weekend. Yeah. But, but but they told everybody the day before, like Friday, uh, Thursday, that no trains will be w- w- working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we recommend everybody to drive to the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. how's that for planning, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a massive, there's a massive concert on. Heaps of people are going, but now we'll just um, do we do maintenance this weekend, eh? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. It's a long weekend. Oh, it's actually Auckland anniversary, so we'll give these guys a day off. Fuck it. Bro, it's just like, um, you know, you see all the works on the motorways and stuff, eh? It's like always at the, always at the wrong time, eh? <laughs> so, bro, you never see them do it. Like, bro, you see what happens overseas, man. I remember when I flew over to Malaysia a few years ago, eh? And they do doing this, they'll do this a, a, a massive, like, Bro, you look at what you know. You look at um, when they did that big lift of the um, of the Northwestern Motorway by Patsky yeah. and that. Bro, how long did that take? Like three years, four yeah. years. Yeah. This project in, in in Kuala Lumpur was probably three or four times the size. Eh? And I was like, taking the taxi, dude. This looks pretty intense. Eh? How long do how long will this take? It's like, oh, six months. Yeah. <laughs> at, you know, worst case scenario, six months, maybe three. They'll <laughs> smash it up. They work twenty four hours a day. You know. They work, you know, 24 hours a day, but at night when everybody's asleep, that's when they go hard. Yeah. Not like us here, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll see the, the ro- you know, the roads closed, but you'll see, you know, the machines out there. You'll see one dude with yeah. his clipboard, mm. but no work getting done, eh? Truck, yeah. Well, I remember reading how we were criticised for, for do- you know, how we're doing the, the new subway around town? Oh, the like Central um, Rail. The underground yeah, yeah, yeah. Central Rail. Well, apparently in, in, the, in the UK or something, the, for the same price they did in the UK was like um, f- thirty million, but the for for free train station yeah, underground yeah. for new for new underground train stations in the UK it was like f- thirty million, right? Yeah, that was a long time ago that they did it though. But but the free free train stations in Auckland the underground 
400 million probably, probably more than that probably, probably more than that probably but more than that, but, yeah. but you see the comparison then like yeah. where's the money going that's because we don't have any accountability yeah it's like mm. the, it's like the council water care like with all this dramas that we see it's like they've got unlimited money because we pay for it for our taxes our rates and all that right all of our money goes in but these dudes are sitting at this round table mm. They're not accountable. They're like, oh yeah, there's a there's a billion dollars here. We'll just throw it at this, this, and this project, and we'll have a few working groups work on it as well. We'll get it done. We'll award a few contracts. But if there's delays or extensions, oh, don't worry. We'll throw some more rates on it. We'll throw, yeah, we'll throw some more rates on it. That's just the way <laughs> shit goes, eh? But see, that's from the council's perspective. From the contractor's perspective, that'll be, you know, there's oh, a there's a bottomless pit of money over oh, there. Yeah, we'll just um, charge. Uh, they rub their hands as well. We'll yeah, just yeah. Um, chuck another million on top of our uh, yeah. real price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> chuck a few million. Bye. Yeah, well, there's they, 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 they things around variations and that. And there's, there's, nowadays there are limitations, but still, it's like, end of the day, it's... You know, when those projects are started, you can't, you can't, you can't stop halfway. Eh? Yeah. Once, once, once that first digger cracks the ground and, and you start the excavation, you got to keep going to the end. Eh? <laughs> well, here's a good example of all of that, and that was the development of Territory Road. But it got to the point where Territory Road was a fucking they call it the cone zone. It was like how many new cones are, and that was because the new freaking guys taking over the, the subcontractors were fucking just doing it. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, when the council got their shit together and they said, "Oh, look, you know, we'll give us a fold and Hogan," when they actually looked at the fucking the plans of who actually started it, fucking, they were all the manholes were off, bro. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they spent another two or three years trying to correct all the shit that happened beforehand. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, bro, it's a circus, man. And like, then they fucking, a couple of years later, they do it again and put these random bus stops in the middle of the road. Oh, bro, straight up, eh? it's. Shocking, oh, man. did you guys see the bus stops, the new bus stops in um, Teletu? On the middle, yeah, yeah, yeah. just on, on the, the bridge, Teletu stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what the hell is that? So it's that's, like, that's, that's dodgy supposed to be for the that's supposed to be for the express lane. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean express lane? So when the if you're getting off turning right to the peninsula, that's a bus stop there, so you can hop off and walk across the road. So that bus won't go left. Or go back either go back onto the motorway, go back around. So you're trying to say that that bus stop on the peninsula side, that bus stop is catered for everybody that lives in the peninsula. So oh, I, I think it'd be more of a less traffic sort of thing, because of that, you know, with that bus stoppers, it's probably just gonna get off and let people off. And if you're either trying to catch that bus, you're either coming from Peninsula catching the next one, because there's another one on the other side. So it's supposed to be like a if you if you're catching a bus out west, that bus needs need to stay out west. There's only one bus going on and off the ramp, going back and forth to the city. So. If, if you want to catch Express, that's the bus stop you take. Like you, one of you, those you have two. to get actually dropped off there. Yeah, you'd have to walk. You'd have to walk. Or get dropped off. Because oh, yeah. the, the way I saw it, like when I saw the, them making the... Because I, I was looking at the um, construction before I saw the um, the bus stops there. I was thinking, okay, they're going to widen the thing. That's good. Yeah, so widen can, the road. The widen the road. Yeah, so we can... Lanes. You know, it's four yeah. lanes. Then I see the bus stops appearing. <laughs> you see the island first. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Then the bus stops appearing. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who's gonna use these bus stops? Like, it's in the middle of yeah, nowhere. Like, the scene. house right next to the bridge, or the house right next. You know? Yeah. How yeah. a kid's gonna walk? How, who's gonna walk all the way from anywhere to this, this bus stop? Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the bus stop for? This got me confused. Bro, you, you, how long? How, how? When did they finish those? Are they finished? Oh, I, I know. I thought they I were saw finished. maybe last month they had the bus lane painted. Oh, uh, okay. Stop. I assumed they were finished the last time I came by for a cat. Yeah. I thought they were finished, but it's like, I. Uh, I you know, they might explain why I never see anybody there because they're not finished. But I was yeah, like, yeah. I never see anybody on these bus stops. Nah, doesn't make sense. Eh? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, okay, because I never actually thought 
the reason why it was because of the express like that makes sense now but still stupid reason yeah still it's and like it's like same reason to make the all these bucklings but yeah <laughs> but yeah, you know yeah. like so the way I, so what you're saying is like express lane right so if i want if i need to catch the bus in 6 a.m to get to work in town right I just need someone to drop me off at that bus stop because that bus stop's gonna go all the way straight to town. So you still gotta get yeah. to that bus stop first still, yeah. somehow. Yeah, still, so, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Explain the, the way yeah, they're trying to get if you catch a bus in, from any of the normal bus stops local, mm. you need to catch that bus to, if you're gonna go to town to get to that bus stop. <laughs> so it was like a depot almost. So that's why they put it like that. Like a bus. Yeah, cause cause I, I noticed they do have like a. There's a few of them all in that little area, and there's yeah. like an A, B, C, and D or yeah. some shit. A. Eh? Yeah. Okay. If it is a depot, then you're gonna drop people off there. Isn't that going to cause more traffic at that intersection? It looks like it, but it ain't like it ain't like the old school depots when we were young, eh? Like you know, yeah, like New Lynn, Henderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah those yeah, were yeah. those were the bus depots. Like even in town, yeah. those were the bus depots. They were like, yeah, probably were like how many stations? Like ten stations, eh? Yeah. All in one little spot, out of the way. Yeah, even since stagecoach eh, disappeared the but, most. Yeah, but now it's like these new stations, company. eh? Are just like, bro, what are they even thinking, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's why we drive, eh? That's why we drive, bro. Like, bro, I can't even, I couldn't even, I don't even know how to catch a bus these days, eh? I think, mm. you know, I'd like to carry my, if I, if, I, if I wanted to catch a bus, I thought, you know, you'd take five bucks or whatever. Mm. They don't even take cash, apparently, these <laughs> days, eh? No, you gotta have that card, but that, the hop card, but that's another thing. When we were kids, right, catching the bus, at least we knew the times it comes and it's going to take us where we want to go. These days, you don't even know. Yeah. Hey, you don't, and, and the convenience of it all is not convenient. It's not even convenient. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember when, I remember working out because my car went to the shop to get fixed, so I had to catch a bus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked out, okay, that's cool, so I'm going to catch a bus for the first time in years because my car's in the shop. Cause I, cause, because I, w- I work in, in town, so I had to catch a bus in town, so I had to work out, okay, the price on that. I found out that, man, it, it costs the same price to me to pay for the bus and to put the same amount of petrol in the, on my car to get to, to work and back. So... When you think about that, the convenience of it all is better to drive. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to waste uh, yeah. half an hour, twenty yeah. minutes. It's worth know? it to pay for the pay for that parking in town, eh? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's the time factor, though. Yeah, the time you spend trying to get ready to catch that bus mm. is to like, oh, you can leave a bit later, and then, and then sort of time it so you're at work on time. Yeah, what you miss out on, eh? But you can't even just randomly, oh yeah, I'm gonna jump on that bus because I'm on have <laughs> my AT hop card on me. Because what you do you do? Oh, I don't have an AT hop card, so oh, bro, I can't catch the bus. <laughs> it's like, bro, I remember when we were, you know, when we were yeah. at school, eh? You might help your help your mate say, so, like, oh yeah, oh, you got no money, oh sweet, I'll pay for your, I'll pay yeah. for your, I'll pay your bus fare, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fifty cents, say, eh, back in the day. So, bro, imagine now, oh, I need to pay for the boys. <laughs> five bucks. Oh, it's five bucks, but Each. oh, you can't use the same card for different people apparently. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. like one card per person. It's like, bro, what happens then? What what about the tourists? Do they know to get a hop card? Nah, and that's the worst thing. And I think they're streamlining all of that now. Eh? I saw because uh, around the country, every bus system has a different type of card. Like we have AT hop card up here in South. I think they have like a B line one. Mm. But yeah, I was in Queenstown and they had some uh, some different one. I was like, bro, if you're if you're somebody from the UK or from China or from wherever states, come to New Zealand. You, you want to use public transport? Like. For how many different type of bus cards do you need? Bro, it's torture, man. It literally is torture. It's like, bro, why can't you just use your FPOS card or your credit card? Yeah. Just pay that shit, eh? I know, man. We always make it hard, eh? <laughs> but, you know, with your background, Tim, with finance and all that, 
like what is how, how has this changed how, the way you think about how how the consumer because you know us like because when it comes to financial stuff because i know that's in your your field your field and stuff like with with us Polynesians, like we're probably at the bottom rung of um knowledge on that sort of thing so so when 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 you're into the when you're in the industry and you know all the stuff because of your background and do you, do you think that people need to know more about this oh definitely to man. understand definitely they i think they're trying to make they're trying to put that out of the schools a little bit more i don't know how much success they're having i know there's community groups that are trying to help out and and and, and some of the banks are trying to help out as well i think asb is pretty good at it westpac do like um these workshops as well but yeah they do it at at, at, at uh, various businesses and at, and at schools as well but I don't think it's really at, at, at primary or intermediate level. It's more at um, sort of high school level for kids, but which is still not a bad thing. But um, I think people do need to know about it. Eh? I mean, money doesn't grow on trees. Eh? And like you know, um, you know, my family came from Cambodia as refugees years ago with with, with nothing. So you know, in Cambodia, Southeast Asia, man, we're like we are the Polynesians of Asia. You know, it's a bit different in like. You just have to. You, people do have to learn, eh? People do have to learn because, um, especially nowadays with interest rates going up, and that might not not impact many people. But you know, those that do have mortgages, interest rates will have an impact. You know, um, people just don't have the disposable income that they had. You know, before that. You know, before um, you know all this inflation and stuff kicked in. I mean, can you explain a bit more about? What 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 you're talking about? Because I know a lot of like I've been talking about it on the clip for a long time, and I've waited so long for you to come on and explain this to people. I'm not good at explaining things either. But though. I mean, like, <laughs> but I'm talking about the rate, like the rate we're paying, right? Yeah, like yeah, you yeah. Put yeah. the inflation on top of that, and putting taxes on top of what we're already paying, like for gas and that. But it's like how heavy is interest rates just by two percent on what you're paying already? At yeah, the it's bank? a lot. Like say for example, you got like yeah, just just throw some high level number. Like if you got a million dollar loan, for example, and you know your your interest rate was say is say three percent at the moment, and you're just looking at the interest only. That's thirty grand of interest you're paying a year on that million bucks. That interest rate now is about six and a half. Let's say seven percent. So when you, when you, when your interest rate on a million dollars goes from three to seven percent from thirty grand. That's seventy grand in interest. Yeah, You're paying a year. Double. That's more than double way, and most people aren't paying interest only. They're paying principal as well. Um, so that that you know that money's got to come from somewhere. I know I can't save. You know what's the difference there? That's that's like that's like you know forty grand. I can't save for. I can't even save ten grand a year. You know, it's like you got to find that money somewhere. Normally, you'll find that households that do have debt when the interest rates go up. You know, you got to look after your roof eh, over your head. So people will make sacrifice to pay for their pay for their home, the, the debt on their home. But what gets gets sacrificed is all the other stuff. So you know, the the, the food that you eat, the family activities that you undertake, um, the clothing. You know, it's like you know, you might have. You know, I I have my Scotty undies that might last me years, yeah. but those, you know, every two years I might replace them. Yeah. But now you know I might have to replace them every ten years because I can't yeah. afford to buy new ones. But that's you know, but that's reality. Yeah, this is that's reality. Like that's why like when we talk in the bubbles and we talk about life and that's why I appreciate you coming in. It's because like to a lot of people that's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. yeah. It seems like oh it is what it is. You know, I'll get a pay rise. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the pay rises ain't gonna do up this time yeah. around. Eh? 
But it's not just that, eh? I mean, if you let, even if you take all of the interest rate stuff out of the whole picture, right? Because not everybody has a loan, so it doesn't impact everybody. It's just like, it's just the cost of living in general. It's like, doesn't really matter. Like people, I suppose the easy way for people to understand the the, the cost side of things is um, minimum wage. You know, minimum wage back when we were young, what was it like six bucks or something? And then when you're an adult, or was that like, it was still like eight or nine bucks as an adult. You know, even five years ago was probably, you know, what, 16, 18. But I think today is like $21. And that sounds good, you know. You, you know, $21 an hour works out to be about 40-odd grand a year. And I remember when I first started my first proper job at, at, at a bank, I was getting paid 40 grand a year. And I thought that was fucking good, man. I thought that was the bee's knees, eh? And that's minimum wage these days. So, and, you know, you can't, you know, I don't know anybody that's on minimum wage that say life is good. It's yeah, pretty tough. That's, that's absolutely true. It's pretty tough. But you've got to think, you know, and, and there's wage rate, I think there's um, proposed, another proposed minimum wage hike coming through. And that sounds good to a degree. But all that fuels inflation. You know, inflation is what we pay for goods and services. Because businesses, they still got to make their money somehow. Eh? It's like, you know, if you're a small, like say, for example, you had, you know, got a, if you had a barbershop with five guys there and they were on minimum wage, and all of a sudden you've got to put their wages up. Every every time you got to put put up their wages, it doesn't mean you make any more money. It actually yeah. costs you more money. Yeah. And the only way to make up that money is to charge the consumer more. And that's why you see like, you know, eggs. You know, I think we've talked about this, but eggs is a fucking good easy <laughs> example. Way. Eh? I mean, I remember a, a, a dozen eggs, say just size six, size seven eggs, would cost you like seven seven bucks for a dozen. A eh? nowadays, what's that? Fifteen, sixteen bucks. There's a lot of things that come into that. Uh, you know. You know, there's a whole bunch of supply things like um, the chickens themselves and, you know, the grain that feeds them, which normally comes from Eastern Europe, which is, you know, Ukraine and they're having a war. So all that shit's really expensive, right? But wages is probably one of the key costs in that. And it's like with wages steadily going up, these farmers don't, you know, they, you know, with, with, with what profit they make when you're increasing the minimum wage, that decrease, you know, decreases their profit level, and most of them aren't millionaires making sh shitloads of money, right? So it's like they might be making, say, let, let's say if you, if you know, let's say they make a thousand dollars a week in profit, you know, every time the minimum wage goes up, that might take a couple of hundred bucks out of their profit. And, you know, a thousand bucks, especially if you got rent that's six hundred bucks a week, that leaves you four hundred dollars left, and you know, then you got power, you know. That money doesn't go far, eh? So, so they're going to cut back. So, yeah. so, so the only way for them to make money is to put prices up. And so that's why you see prices going up. It's like, you know, um, there's so many factors, but, you know, I think wage costs is a big one. But then your yeah, interest rates come into it as well. And then there's all that supply stuff, like, you know, all materials, costs, um, like buying, you know, like, you know, you work. You work at, you know, making the, all the drinks, all the all the ingredients that go into making a drink. That's yeah, all gone up heaps. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. usually on the consumer. Yeah, it's all on the consumer. So, you know, things are getting more expensive, and how do you fix it? Eh? interest rates is only one small component of it. I, I feel like when when the, when the government, especially the Labour government, when they do the um, minimum wage hike, when they put up the minimum wage. You know, it's a thing where people that are working, working class people, they go, "Oh yeah, cool, let's yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're going, we're getting more money," but it's, but then I feel like they don't understand the but, repercussions of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So what that's gonna do? That's yeah, gonna yeah. hike up the prices of everything, like bread, know? butter, yeah, eggs, all of it. Unless, oh, they, un 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 unless they understand, like 
if if the wages like if if I was a business, right? And I have to pay wages to my to my workers, I have to look at that as a bill. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. as the power bill, same yeah. as the water bill. The wages is another bill. Yeah, yeah, it is so, for sure. So if you look in that way, you and, and and if you're a household when you got if you have more streaming services on your TV, like you <laughs> you stream bills. you stream yeah. Disney Plus and 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 next minute your bills are up to here, you're gonna cut those streaming services off, eh? That's it, man. So that's, you can cut. That's you know, the same thing. The, the flip side of that as well, and you haven't seen it largely because we don't have enough. You know, there's there's not enough um, people to work in New Zealand anyway. You know, supposedly. So businesses aren't necessarily going to cut staff and make them redundant because we need, you know, most businesses need staff. Like, you know, you, you look at the countdown and pack and save, they always got, you know, for hire signs out the front, eh? So, yes, you know, they're just, they're, the way, only way a business can make up for it is to increase their prices. So, you know, that's, and that's why things are getting more expensive because everyone's got everyone's to make money somewhere, eh? Mm. If that makes oh. sense. I don't know if what I've said makes sense, but you know. Nah, nah, that makes sense. Because on on the flip side of that, what I recently learned is that sometimes inflation does the opposite. If they, you know, how they put up the um, interest rates. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. The mortgages and yeah, that. Yeah. Well, that stops people from buying homes. Hey, that stops yeah, people yeah. from. That makes people save more and then not not spend. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, kind yeah. of will bring the prices down. Yeah, hey, yeah, in, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Because I think. When it comes to, uh, I think I saw that the house prices in Auckland have gone down there. Yeah, all over the country they've yeah. gone down. But there's a few fi- few factors. So your interest rates are definitely one of them because people, like all the banks, when they or it, any any lending institution, when somebody wants to borrow money, they have to test whether they can service that debt, and um, that's all based on interest rates. So you know, like I was saying before, if you you know you have the interest cost at three percent or whatever, that's thirty grand on a million bucks, and you know now it's at seven or eight percent, and that's you know seventy or eighty grand on a million bucks. Can you afford it? So when the interest rates go up, your affordability goes down. Yeah. So that's what that also went, so that makes that makes it harder for people to get the get access to borrow money. So when there's less people able to borrow money, then obviously there's going to be less people out there in the Spending market money. to buy, yeah, to spend money on mm-hmm. houses. So you can't really buy houses. The government's also made it hard to buy, you know, for investors or even first home buyers. I remember my first home back in the day when I bought my first home in Calston, I only needed five percent deposit. And back house house prices back then were fucking a lot cheaper. Now that was like uh, about four hundred odd grand. I only needed like twenty six or twenty seven thousand as a deposit, five percent. Bro, now you need at least, you know, you need 10%, and the cheapest house is what, 90 grand, 900,000? You need 90K. And not every bank accepts a 10% deposit. You know, most of them want, you know, especially if you're not a first home buyer, they want 20% deposit. That's a fair chunk of change, eh? And they're using the engagement like um, the 7% for, like, you know, so you end up selling for like something like five, but they use the 7% as an engagement where you can service the loan. And your dependents and yourself, where you can actually live off it, eh? Yeah, man. So Without it's not just t- yeah, it's not just the <laughs> loan. It's about they look at everything, man. They will strip you. They'll strip you down, and look at all of your 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 expenses in life. Eh? So you know they'll look at you. You know, first is the loan cost, and the and the and, you know repayments on that. Then it's any other loans that you might have, or credit cards, or, or higher purchases, or whatever. And then it's uh, do you have a partner? Do you have a kids? Do you have a kids? Do you have kids? <laughs> You know yeah. how much you know how many kids do you have? Because they cost money. And then yeah. what sports do they play? 
Yeah. Got fees. What subscriptions do you have? Do you have Sky and Neon and Disney and all that sort of shit? Your then, vehicles. How much your do you vehicles, put gas? Yeah, how yeah. much gas do you put? And then, and, then, and then, you know, the big ones are your insurances. Because, you know, I think with, with the floods last night, it's like, that's pretty important. You've got to have insurance, hey? And insurances are expensive these days, hey? So you, and most people have, how, you know, if you've got a home, you have house insurance. And even if you don't have a home, you probably need to have contents insurance um, and car insurance, those sorts of things, hey? But all of these things get taken into equation to to figure out can you borrow this money? And that you know, some people you know, some people might earn some pretty good coin, eh, some really good money, but they live they've got an expensive lifestyle. You know, their kids might go to do all of the, they might all their kids might have like you know, you might have five kids and they all play sports and they all need um you know, they all have fees associated with those sports. Like, you know, you you know you know, um swimming and rugby, all sorts of things, you know. There's monthly costs associated to all that, eh? and all that gets taken into consideration. Yeah. So that, that's you know. a it's a hard reality, bro. Like for a lot, and like I have a lot of mates at work that always do that, bro. Man, like you know, you're living in your own place, but it's like, bro, you gotta understand yeah, the sacrifice yeah. that comes with it. You can't just say, yeah. oh, you you're doing good." It's like, nah, yeah, bro. Yeah. But I feel like at the same time, we never we never had these sacrifices before, eh? and like, you know, with with what you're saying, like with the kids playing sport and. Obviously, that's fees and all that going out. But I remember back in the days, like it seemed like, or to me, it felt like it was okay. It was like it was everyone could do that stuff. So yes. it, was, it was sort of like a because uh, we felt that back in the days with when we have kids and they yeah, going for yeah. sport, it was like a, a sort of like a right that yeah, they have to go yeah, play in. And then we just we just fork out whatever it is. And then yeah, next yeah. minute, oh shit, I kind of fall down my bread on today. Yeah. Cause, but <laughs> I think so like, hey, I didn't know that. Wow. Well, my parents were struggling back in the days, no? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, you know, were they struggling? Maybe, maybe not. But like, I think sometimes it's a little bit of because um, we we're kids, we don't we don't look at that stuff. <laughs> eh? We don't understand finance, and our parents, I think they put on a brave face. You know, they, yeah. Yeah. it's all good, it's all good. But really, they're thinking, fuck, where's, <laughs> where's the money for the bread? Straight up, where are we gonna buy this fucking week's chicken from? Yeah, oh, that's why we've been eating last week's chicken for this whole week. You know. Yeah, man. <laughs> You know, you don't think about it. You just think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go play play footy or do whatever. <laughs> you know, I want to buy the... Oh, that's why I can't buy my Kmart shoes. Yeah. I've got to get the warehouse shoes, you know. <laughs> but just all reality, man. It's all reality. Shit, eh? you know? It's part and parcel of being an adult and seeing it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, if things, you know, yeah, things uh, seem more expensive, but I think just general life is more expensive these days, eh? Yeah. Because mm. yeah, we've got all the, the Wi-Fi, the Netflix, the... Yeah, the life was simpler. Account, the phone accounts and yeah, all the rest of In it. the 80s, 90s, we didn't have phones. We didn't have subscriptions. There was no Spotify. <laughs> you know? Tell them, bro, it was about CDZ. Eh? You know, it was different, eh? You know, it, was, it was a bit different, eh? There's, there's, there's more... More information, more technology, but it all comes at a cost. Mm. You know, wages might be higher these days, but the cost of living is higher, much higher. I don't know how much social media you you you, you look at, but man, when it comes to to finance and stuff, like with um, what I've seen on social media, there's now this thing where people are trying to tell everybody that this stuff doesn't get taught at schools because they want people to work. It's like oh, a, a working man's mentality. Like, nice. like the reason why they don't want to tell you all this stuff about money and finance and all this stuff, so you can survive in the future. Like to to find ways to get around things, certain yeah, things, yeah, yeah. taxes and all that. Like, like it's because they train you to be a worker. Oh, there's. I don't know, man. It's it's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to comment on that. But 
because all the information is there. Like even like me as a mm. banker, bro, I want you guys to know this shit. Eh? I want people to know, and the banks want you to know. But I think when we were, like I know when I was growing up, I didn't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, our priorities are different, eh? But yeah, it's <laughs> like, just want to party, you know? <laughs> yeah, you want to party, and it's like sometimes when you look at our, you know, our peers and our friends, even our family to a degree, it's like some of them are still the way that we were when we were growing up. They don't want to know that shit still, eh? So the information is there, and they're saying that it's easy to blame somebody else that oh, you know, they want to keep us at this level, they don't want us to progress. It's like you know, to a, I think that's a load of shit, man. Everyone has got to take a little bit of self responsibility, eh? Mm. If you want to learn, you can learn. If you want to know about how things work, there's so much access to free information. The banks are willing to give it to you, but there's also all the brokers and mortgage advisors that are out there. You know, there's all these, you know, all these, um, even like the Phono, heaps of community organizations have got all these, even like um, the, uh, what's it called? Um, what's that uh, community, CAD, or what are they called? Um, the community advice service, whatever they're called. But like there's heaps of these, you know, organizations out there that, that, that want to teach you and give you free budgeting, heaps of free budgeting advice out there, eh? But, you know, not many people want to take it, eh? I think that's the first obstacle, eh? The budgeting. Probably no, The man. budgeting thing. Yeah. That's, no one wants to Bro, really I didn't budget, wanna, eh? I didn't want to know this when I was growing up. Man, I've got, I've got family right now that, man, they, they money comes in, money goes out. They probably spend more than they earn. Mm. And it's like they always wonder why I got no money. It's like, th- well, you know. I think the real downfall for people is the the mentality of you want it right now rather than waiting. Yeah, man. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. good things take time, you know, and yeah. they just want it now. And I think that's what, you know, a lot of, I think um, a lot of us didn't see that with our parents, but that's what they did, eh? You know, when they all bought their homes when they bought their cars, you know, there would have been a bit of element of finance to it as well, I reckon. But like, it wasn't get the biggest and the best straight away. Yeah, you got to, everyone's got to build up. But build up, eh? Yeah, yeah so I'll jump, skipping right. and jumping to the. Oh, I'm not, exactly. I'll say this, bro. I'm a firm believer of the penny up. The, yeah, man. That model. Because it's like, I've I've lived it. Yeah. I've lived it and I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I like to believe that, like, you know, some people, they have that, um, that, that urge to sort of like, nah, I want this, I want this in my house, I want this in yeah, my house, yeah. I want this in my house. But I know is a fact that when you do get that loan for that house, yeah. you're going to be fucking struggling way more than yeah. any of us that started at that shack. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And, and the flexibility and just to be able to go back to the bank and say, oh, look, fuck, it's time to move houses. What's the house worth now? And that's when depending up, moving up and something yeah, bigger, yeah. better, yeah, you know, it comes along. It doesn't just fall into your lap. No, you got to fucking work for but it. But like, a lot of people don't see that, eh? They say, oh, you've got a house, you got a car, you got all the stuff and that looks real cool and fuck, you're just, you know, you're just lucky. Right. Like, bro, you know, you got to make, oh, I agree, man, we are, we are lucky, but we made, created that luck, eh? You worked hard. Straight up. You sacrificed and you grinded to get that luck, eh? To get, yeah. to, get to that position. It's not like, oh, that house landed in your lap. That yeah. car didn't just land in your lap, you know? It's like, you got to work for it, eh? This is what I love about my social media pages and the people that I follow, bro. Because I, I told you I follow my bro, Tim, man. And, like, I've known Tim since knee-high, like, since four. You know, we go way back in the hood. But what I love about how we met again at Kelsen and then as dads, we've sort of, we feed off each other, like, what the kids are going through. is your family trust, bro. Yeah, yeah. But you're in a position, like, you're renting your place out, living... 
at home pretty much with mum and dad and that. And yeah. you look after your parents, bro. But I love yeah. the fact that you your time factor sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like to go on the trips that you be on, like, and no one's punching above you, bro, with oh, the family trips. Even the stories you tell me about the family trips, like that's what I feel like. I wish I could do that, but it's probably just the timing thing at the moment for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that on your time off because you book free Christmas. Yeah, right. That's your busy time, but it's the sweet. Now I can travel because this guy, bro, and I only follow a handful of people. But the places that you take your girls, man, I'm like always jelly, bro. And I'm always loving the post. Because to me, it's not for sure. That's genuine someone yeah, spending yeah. time with the family. Yeah, yeah, that's so bad. And everyone yeah. looks at it differently, you know. Some people are like, oh, this guy's just a bot. So you know, do they just trying to fucking flex and shit. It's like, nah, nah man. It, that it, is it, the greatest flex. You, know, you don't see me doing this shit on my own. Yeah, or with yeah. my missus or with the boys. That's it, bro. It's like, bro, I'm doing this with the kids. And this is for uh, making memories with the kids. You know, I don't have a good memory either. You know, I had too many drugs and stuff when I was young, all of that shit. It's like, and you, you know, you, they, 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 no, this is you know, new age. You know, I ain't, I ain't printing out a thousand photos and flipping through photo albums and shit. Eh? I like to post all of that on, 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 on social media. Just, yeah, basically for myself, but it's a digital log. Digital log. And then you can see in five years' time or even two years' time, because I can't remember what I did last month, man. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, my kids were three years old back then and we did this stuff and I can go get my daughters out, you know, it's like, oh, when, you know, they've come home too. Check, check what's come out on my memory feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at what we did this, at this time yeah, two right. years ago. Look at look how little <laughs> you were. Look at what you guys used to do. It's like, bro, when else do you get that yeah, ability right. to do that, eh? It's like, other, if I didn't have that digital log, it's like, that shit would be gone, man. Like, oh, you know? I, I, still I, I, I like that. I like that because you're using what, social media out there in the cloud base whatever to have that digital log you know for me like when i every time i post something on social media i'm always thinking about the people out there reading it or judging. looking at it or judging or seeing it and you know it's not really for me yeah, yeah. Uh, it is for me but i'm also got the extra added yeah. thing of other people too yeah, yeah yeah but with what you were saying it's just entirely for you. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, man. It's, it's your digital yeah. log, like yeah. you said. Like, yeah. if you have that coming to that with that mentality, yeah, like, who, who gives a fuck what you put up? That's it, man. I don't care you know? what people it's, think. It's, it's for like, you. Yeah. yeah, and it's like people might be, oh, you know, this guy's a dick. You know, just show him <laughs> off. It's like, bro, you ain't interested. Just scroll on by, man, or disconnect yeah, from me. I don't care, it. man. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's for me. It's for my family. It's for my kids. Eh? It's like we can see what we've been up to for the man. last. You know, my, my my oldest is nine, my youngest is seven. It's like, bro, it's like it's hard to gauge every step of the way. Mm. of those you know seven or nine years what you've been up to with them it's like you know with that digital log you can show them mm. or you can go you can look yeah. back and like oh yeah we did this because it's much easier than doing it your own digital log because yeah, yeah. when you take a photo of your phone and you store it somewhere but that's a lot of work because you you're storing it yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you don't know where it is yeah. and you right. put it out there yeah. at least if it's on facebook or whatever instagram at least it's somewhere everyone you know yeah yeah you yeah, just right. have to go flick down and yeah that's like, and who gives a fuck about what other people that's think? right man and that's why i sort of like <laughs> facebook i don't facebook is for old people their parents kids don't know me which is probably a good thing <laughs> that's why i like facebook because you got the it comes up with those with the memories every day yeah. what you did on that day or whatever if you posted something that day it'll yeah. come up it'll come up it'll mm. come up and that's what i like about it because eh? then it just then it just triggers it's like i don't remember half the shit i do remember it's like oh fuck, we did that that's it's right there yeah. right there at on demand yeah, it was like my missus taking the piss out of me if i come home horse and i'm spewing in the front yard and she takes a video she'll yeah. be like hey look at look, look at you it's like yeah shit changed man still yeah, the same yeah. <laughs> but the reason why i like that because 
there's a theme on this podcast all the time when people come in and talk about social media is a, a negative. Oh man, like, I, social media yeah. can be a negative. Uh, yeah. We everyone knows this. Yeah, for sure. And it's sort of like trying to find a way where it's not a negative for yeah, each yeah. person because I remember back in the days with social media, especially Facebook back in maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago, people were posting up their problems. Oh, dirty, dramas. Dirty laundry, eh? Dirty yeah. yeah, laundry. Everyone was doing that, eh? And yeah, was, yeah. And, uh, like, that it's kind of not, stuff. It's not the forum for that, eh? It's not much, so much now, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, back in the day, everyone was, was doing it, man. Massive. Everyone was doing it. And there'll be long threads of people yeah. so it's, jumping it's in. It's gone through phases, eh? It's, it's gone like, through phases, yeah, that's right. Like, so, yeah, it was that dirty laundry stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now I see it. I think there's probably a little bit of that flexing stuff going Dennis on. Dennis flexing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. More of the flexing. But if, but it's, it's, Behind the post, it's what's the mentality that person behind the post yeah, now, yeah, that's you know. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I think because of all the negativity with social media, with the bad comments and the and all the spying and all the like, you know, people follow people that don't even talk to people, like nah, don't yeah, even talk, yeah, eh? Yeah, like yeah, they just yeah. want to follow because yeah. they know that stalker dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, stalker yeah. followers. Yeah. Oh, and then I can, I can think, and then I can, you know, oh that dude, or that yeah, that person's doing this. I yeah. can talk to other people. Oh, this dude just said, okay, you know, look at this guy. Yeah. Look at well, this this what dude. The screenshot is hidden. Bro, are you still fucking this ugly guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then there's that stuff. So it gets in it, that kind of stuff. Like gets in the back of people's mentalities, like. Gives them anxiety, or maybe yeah, 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 yeah. it does a lot of things for people. But if people actually, I think now with what you're doing with social media, now people are trying to now people are sort of realized what it's good for. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's a whole thing. There's been documentaries in there about how social media is bad. Like you know, it's all about the data and all about the advertising and yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Uh, trying to s- let you stay on the app and all that kind of stuff. Like people realize now. That there is a negative side of social media, and how do yeah, we yeah. navigate around that? How do we use that to our own advantage? Yeah, that's sort right. Of thing. That's and right. I think you've done that with what you're to doing. To a degree, with yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I try, try to, eh? Try to just make it, yeah, doing it for for some right reasons, and yeah, you sort of see yeah. what other people are up to. You get a bit of inspiration or mm. motivation as well. Um, that doesn't hurt, eh? When you see other people doing well, I think that's that's yeah. good. You know, it's like yeah. what we try to do is you lift each other up, eh? Instead of yeah, trying man. to bring each other down. Mm. And and with what you were talking about, how people uh, like the the consumer, uh, how their spending habits are now, that can be a negative too in social media because they yeah, see yeah. other people what they get. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they see someone with a nice car and they're, oh man, I need to get that, or you know their friends that they had, yeah, yeah, or yeah, someone yeah. they knew in in school and then they see them photos and they're doing better than you or got yeah, brand new yeah. stuff and then you think you can. You get that stuff and yeah, you get yeah, jealous. Yeah, yeah. That that's a negative. Yeah, it is, of it, is, it is. And that it is. and that feeds that um, yeah. spending money. Yeah. yeah, but everyone just needs to realize as well, man. Like everyone's at a different phase and stage in life, and like some people that have all the biggest and baddest and newest of everything. It's like it's probably you know you don't see what their struggle is behind it. We don't know what their life what what, mm. what 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 their life position is like, right? Like then we got family and kids. This dude that drives a Lambo, you know, I got I think one dude that I went to Avondale Intermediate, he's got a he's got you know, he's got a he's got a supercar and it's like you know, he's got a supercar but he ain't he ain't got no commitment, say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you know what, you know, we all know what kids cost and you know, all that sort of stuff. If you got no commitments, yeah. it's life's different, eh? Mm-hmm. Life's different. So everyone's everyone everyone just I think sometimes when you you know, and you yeah, I might see people doing really well and I probably get a bit envious as well, but so you gotta think everyone's at a different phase and stage. Mm. Yeah. You know, everyone's doing things differently. 
You don't know what they've given up to be there. You know, we've, we've got kids. You know, there are a lot of people that are our age that don't have any kids, eh? Yeah. And that might not be a choice as well. You know, unfortunately, some people just can't have kids, eh? Yeah. You know, and that's pretty sad. But, you know, they, they make up for it another way. So they're out there traveling and they're buying yeah. fancy cars and fancy bags mm. and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, but what's better, man? A fancy-ass car or having mm. a couple of kids for a yeah, legacy? Right. Well, that's the thing, bro. When I see your posts and when you're with the the kids at the beach, that reminds me, like, I need to up my game. I need to up my game and spend time with my kids, take them to the beach. That's why I love following your posts. And because you do it in the short time that you have off, I'm like, damn, I need need to get out of town, you know? And here's me still stuck in doing the Auckland beach sort of circuit. I love following your post, bro. Like family riches, what you know, what. Bro, I'm, a, about, I'm a busy body though, but like fucking, I plan all of this shit out like way back, like you know, months in advance, eh? So, yeah. that, <laughs> not, all of it's not just spur of the moment. Like especially when we travel and stuff, eh? It's like it takes a lot of planning and then you know saving for, eh? So mm. it doesn't just happen. It's like oh, the money's not just there to go out and spend it because. It's there. It's like, no, nah, man, I don't actually have that money just sitting around. You, you got to, you know, put money aside and, you know, you put money aside for it. You just have, a, have to have a, have a goal or a destination in mind or what you want to do with your family, the kids. And then it's like, oh, yeah, would I want to do that probably in a month, two months or six months time? Yeah. What is that going to cost me? And then just sort of sacrifice and eat a few noodles along the way. Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, that's it, bro. Like, I always like to believe, like, man, if you surround yourself and keep talking to people who think like that manifest yeah. and do it yeah. right it's only gonna help encourage you to do try and do that a bit more you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah so that's why i'm like hey when i see new patients i'm like damn it i want to be at the beach <laughs> yeah, my kids haven't gotten out of their idea of leaving auckland apart from going up north yeah, like they yeah. haven't got that oh we'll just go here it's closer it's like bro, you don't know what you're missing man yeah oh, my, my my kids they're not always keen either, but it's like, yeah. I just see what, you know, what goes on with like, I've got older nephews and nieces and, and like, even my kids to a degree already, my nine-year-old bro, she don't want to hang out with VA. I'm, we're not cool anymore, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, your kids are only kids for a short amount of time, eh? And it goes by pretty quick, you know? Yeah. Nine years old goes to a teenager pretty quickly, eh? And I think, you know, from what I see is like, once they're teenagers, they're not really that interested in hanging out, eh? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck, well, try to make the most of it now eh, while they're while they're keen to hang out. Force them to do it. <laughs> yeah, bro. But I mean, to document how you've done it, I feel like that's the best thing for it. Because like at one stage this holidays, I confiscated the devices and the phones. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to my counselor about it. And when we unfolded like what needs to happen, it was like setting boundaries in place, right? So you can't expect the kids to want to listen if the ipad the third parents been you know involved like it just doesn't work like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so the day i took it away the kids were playing cards they're watching tv Hard. they were trying to play the guitar all that stuff came back it yeah, just yeah. felt like we went back into lockdown again yeah 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 like just hearing like me i, I need to set boundaries right like an hour max yeah yeah like yeah just saying it like and that's all it was it's just the communication yeah thing. yeah but it just feels like now when i hear you talk about it it's like yeah it's true but then we should do better by telling them it's not good for you to sit on the iPad uh, or the phone I, all day. Yeah, yeah. I'm guilty of that too, man. I don't set enough boundary. And that's why we try to take them out. Like, that's why when we went down to the Coromandel, it was like, 
they spend way too much time on the iPad. And sometimes, like, you know, <laughs> I've had a long day at work. And, like, can't be fucked day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if it's going to be easier for you to sit there and watch your tablet and just let me chill out, just do that, eh? Mm. <laughs> you know, and that's not not great. It's not great. Like, really, we need to be in more engaged, eh? And, you know, limit limit their time because, yeah, devices aren't great. And, you know, social media is not, I think for, for kids especially, yeah, social media is not great because, like, my, 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 my nine-year-old says it to me. It's like, why don't we have a Lambo? It's <laughs> like, fuck, get out of here, man. Does she want to move back to Ron? Does she want to move into that place in Ron? Bro, if you want to move back to Luanda Drive, you want to see where we grew up in the hood. But, but, bro, that's one of the reasons why we take them back to Cambodia so often, yeah. eh? It's like, uh. bro, yeah, shit ain't shit is real there, man. There ain't no yeah. social welfare. Yeah. You know, you, you do a road trip in New Zealand, you can go and find a nice toilet anywhere. Mm. In Cambodia, you might be fucking pissing behind some tree, even a, even for a girl, you know? It's like, and, and if you find a place where you can go to toilet, it's not nice. It's like, it's all ugly stuff, eh? It's like, mm. but it's, it's different, you know? These, yeah, we got it pretty good here, eh? We got it yeah. pretty good. And, and I think kids need to realize that it's just not easy. But I think that's one of the things, going back to that social media stuff, like kids, it's hard for them to differentiate what's reality, eh? And what's fake and... You know, they don't, they don't understand that people are in different phases in life and what people have done to get this and that. Mm. They just see, oh, this guy's go out there living the dream, got a got a Lambo, going to the Maldives and swimming with the fishes. All that, they just see all that sort of stuff and that's what we want to do. Why aren't we doing that? So I can take you to the Coromandel and go to the full swim there, but, you know, <laughs> be grateful. Well, that's the thing, hey, they don't know the work behind certain yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. The work that goes behind. But I suppose, you know, to, you know, when I was young growing up, and you know, we grew up in Ranui and that and um even when we were at Calston, you know, you see, you know, kids with the with the cool Nikes and that. It's like <laughs> I I didn't have Nikes, eh? Yeah. Until I could work and buy my own Nikes. Yeah. You know? And I remember Different. I had that same thought when, because I went to to I went I went to Watsak, and when we had Muffy Day, that's when everyone brought the gears. Everyone eh? flexes, everyone eh? Everyone flexed the gears, eh? Yeah. And I used to be man. I like admiring some of the kids that's but then later on I thought nah that's just your older brothers uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, well, you just don't know what's going behind it like you know yeah. the, you know yeah the parents might have wanted to flex as well and bought all them this cool gear mm. but they might not have been, have been you know they might have gone to bed hungry as well yeah that's all you know you just don't know the background day eh, behind what's going on so man, it's, it's all the stuff that we we're blind to eh? yeah man so like oh nah it's all good that, you know if I if I got it, well then I might as well. But without knowing, eh, you know, yeah, another yeah. word, parents is like yeah. different spin on it. Eh? That's yeah. it, man. You know, and, and and I think sometimes when parents feel the struggle or feel the need to you know flex with their kids as well, it's like you know, a lot of the time it's people are getting themselves into trouble with that buy now pay later stuff, credit card debt, and it's like, but why, man? Like kids are happy with they I think they're more happy with. They're happy with, definitely happy with their devices and screen time, but I think they're more happy spending time with their parents, say. Eh? Oh, bro, I think that's the <laughs> biggest misconception ever, bro. Yeah, man, having, ever. Their, having their parents actually engage with them yeah, instead of being on their own, you know, because they, they feed off us, say, eh? if, if I'm on my phone, they're like, oh, yeah, I'll just do the same thing with my yeah, tablet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we're there engaging with them, wanting to go out for a ride on a bike with yeah, them bro. or taking them to the park, mm. they would like that more than, you know, flexing any, any, any day of the week, eh? 
Yeah, well, also makes that excuse makes an excuse. Hey, the whole babysitting thing with the iPad, the babysitter the iPad. Yeah, yeah, know? for sure. Like I, I confiscated the devices and the phones from the kids, and because my younger, she's now gonna start its media. Yeah, yeah. And I actually sounded like an ass by saying to her, "If I die tomorrow, what would you be sad? Because you love your iPad more than you love your dad." But I just wanted to get a reaction. But at the same time, I didn't probably mean it the way. Yeah, it came yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And so I banned them from the devices for three days. And then I realized to my daughter, I said to her, man, you're going to start intermediate and you've never, ever been out with me one-on-one to eat out, like eat out takeaways or something. So we went down to Sally Park and I gave her the backdrop of like the older kids, like where I've taken them to the Harbour Bridge yeah, and we yeah. walked the boardwalk, walked down to the, you know, the yacht club, yeah, yeah, sat up yeah, there, yeah. caught the breeze. And then I said, have you ever been around to Sally Park? She said, what's that? So we drove and I said, this boardwalk's battened right around. Do you want to walk it? She said, nah. So we drove around to Sally Park, parked up, we got out. She likes the swings. And then, you know, there were all the restaurants on the yeah, front yeah, there. And yeah, I was yeah. like, have you been that way? Because I haven't been, you know, back then there was probably like one or two. Yeah, I think yeah, they got yeah. the yum cha and that. Yeah, yeah. I said to her, should we just go have a look? So we were walking. I was hoping to see a dairy or like you know, somewhere like an ice cream parlor. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw this fish and chips, best fish and chips on the wharf. Right? And I, when I saw that challenge, I was like, oh, we'll see how good it is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like just an impromptu walk. You know, my daughter was like, oh, man, dad, I've never been in a place like this guy. Because I thought it was all bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. We spent the time, the day there. So we got home just after 10. And I go, how was that? And she said, man, that was so cool, dad. I said, would you rather more of that than on the iPad? She's like, oh, I'd rather go out and eat. Because I say to the kids, if you're not there, you mess up. You chose to not come. Like yeah, a couple yeah, of us, yeah, you know? yeah. That, that's your own fault. Yeah. But now that she's seen, like, man, if you come, dad's going to shout. Like, you know, make yeah, it rain I if it's just used to. So, like, I'm glad that I actually forced her, you know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Leave the iPad, let's go. Like, shit, you're not going to be young forever. You That's know? it, man. That's it. Man, this is taking a note out of your book. Also, like, when I see you eating, oh, fuck, this guy's <laughs> going to up my game, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> at that, AG. Oh, my missus loves to eat as well. Oh, I, I'd love to eat too, bro, you know. So, it's got to be done. got to be done, eh? But... Were you born here or were you born in Cambodia? No, I was born here. So, yeah, my parents, um, they came over from Cambodia as refugees, stayed yeah. up in the Mangare refugee camp in the early 80s, eh? Mm. And then um, they got sponsored by these Christians in, in Ranui. Yeah. And that's why I got my name, Tim, or Timothy, out of the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And then, so, yeah, I was born in, yeah, born, born in the hood, eh? And I stayed in the hood <laughs> for a while. And then, <laughs> then went to, yeah, then when I moved, went after Birdwood School, I think it was... About standard four when I left, eh? We were standard four. Mm. And I left because we moved to Glendine. And then, um, but I had family that lived in Avondale. My parents worked early in a factory in Avondale. So they dropped me off at my cousin's. Mm. And I went to Rosebank Primary for the last term of standard four. Yeah. Then went to Avondale Intermediate. <laughs> and because I was naughty, they didn't accept me at Avondale College, eh? Oh, true. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, why you're declined the tree. Got, 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 got rejected, eh? But I think that was the best thing, man, because if I didn't go back, if I didn't go to Calston, I wouldn't have met all the boys, wouldn't have, wouldn't have yeah. reconnected with Filetti and, yeah, yeah. and all the old, you know, Ranui boys, eh? It's, you know, the best thing. Hard <laughs> up, bro. But yeah, no, always what, been out west, eh? What were you? What was your memories of this guy back in the days? Oh, man, I've never ever spoken about it with him again. But I remember there was an incident we had on the field and this guy said something to me and I must have said something back in the heat of the moment. I didn't mean it, but Tim got upset about it. And I remember that there was probably before morning tea and the teacher told me I need to apologise to Tim. So I never gave it to you, but I'm sorry. But I'm also glad that I didn't apologise at the time because that day I went and showed up to his house. Like that was sort of like my way of saying sorry. So I just went and stood outside his house 
as a new Tim, your friend's here. I was like, come, let's go. Me and this guy would go ride the hood everywhere in Ranui, yeah, man. Like, I would go without this guy. Those were our memories. Like, even like we talk about getting haircuts, I'm like, bro, we need to buy a bike. He's before this. So we get right around the hood, man. So we see the changes in the hood. Man. And that's what we did. Was like, Wouldn't be able to ride far, though, these bro, days. Straight up. <laughs> but that was my memory of Tim. Like, you know, I didn't have a bike. I had a skateboard. He had a bike. I used to go everywhere on my skateboard, and this guy would ride his bike. But we would go everywhere in the hood, man. Like, legit. Like, if someone was playing down at the creek, we were down at the creek. Mm. And I would never leave with this guy. Hey. It was like, oh, I'll go get some, you know, we'll go. He roll up on the guys playing touch up at Bedwood. I'll always be with this guy. And it was like, we were like a pair. Was wherever we went, even when we saw the guys on Glen Road, Messi, mm. I'll always be with this dude. <laughs> yeah, that was my gay back in the day, man. So, now these are the <laughs> memories I have for this guy. Primary. Good old days, man. Good so, old days, eh? So you didn't want to um, apologize because the teacher told you you wanted to apologize in your own um, terms? In my own way. <laughs> in my own way. Because back then, I was the youngest of my family. We didn't apologize. We did, yeah, that's a, that's a hood, that's, that's hood, hood thing. Yeah, you never say sorry, man. <laughs> but nah, bro, I got that shock of my life when I seen him at Castle. Bro. I was like, Dully, fuck this guy. Back. And it was funny, man, because it was me, Dave, and Lance. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was like reunion. I was like, the fuck this guy? Silly. Only missing yeah. Nonu. Very straight up, <laughs> it was just Nonu missing. And what's funny is that Lance and Dave left, and then Nonu came. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it was like, yeah, oh, true, another true. reunion. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. Crack up these, man. Uh, so, you know, when you took your kids to um, Cambodia for yeah. the first time, right? yeah. how, did they, yes. how did they relate to it? Oh, so, we, you know, I mean, when my oldest one went for the first time, she was quite, you know, she was just under two years old, mm-hmm. eh? But um, I suppose the most recent time we went was actually, it was only just last year in, in August, we went, eh? After COVID, and they just, it's different, man. It's like, um, you know, they see the kids there just sitting on the fence. You know, playing around on the dirt with these, with, you know, chickens and rocks and stuff. And mm. it's like, you know, my seven-year-old me, she's like, oh, what are they doing? And I was like, that's how they have fun, eh? Yeah. They don't have a tablet. They don't even have a ball. Mm. <laughs> now look at that little girl. She's only, she was, I reckon she would have only been two years old, sitting on this barbed wire fence in between the barbed wire, you know, in between the, in the spikes, just sitting there watching the cars go by. Mm. And I was like, you know, see, is that, you know, you, sh- you know, does, does that, is that different from what you do for fun? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She, did, she still didn't really get it. And I was like, you know, mm. life's different in New Zealand, eh? Mm. Yeah, I think they they realise that, um, you know, they always, I like, threaten them still anyway. It's like, you fucking act up. I'm going to send you over there, eh? <laughs> you live over there. I'm going to pretend we're going on a holiday and leave your ass there. That's the mentality us islanders have with our kids. Of, oh, back in the days when the kids used to play up. Like, there's always stories about my cousins, like, getting sent over to Samoa because yeah, yeah. they're playing up at school here. Yeah, yeah, hard, hard. But yeah, no, it's different. Out. It's different, eh? I mean, you know, we, I, I, I took the kids. Uh, my youngest wasn't born yet, but we took, we went to Samoa. Mm. Would have been about seven years ago, eh? And, you know, it's, it's different. You know, it's a different part of the world, eh? Like, you know, Samoan kids here that are brought up here, they don't they don't know the lifestyle back in the island. Straight eh? up, bro. Straight they don't know. Up, straight up. And it's sort of, it, I, I, it's, you know, there are some similarities with kids that grow up in Cambodia. I think there's, you know, probably a l- there's poverty everywhere, but in certain parts of Cambodia, it's like real bad poverty, yeah, mm. you know, real bad. And it's like um, kids here don't, don't see any of that, eh? They think that it's, you know, it's a right to have a feed and to have a shower, have a nice toilet. But yeah. you know, even in the islands, eh, it's not, it's not like that everywhere, eh? You know, mm. kids, they don't know. Mm. I feel like kids that, that um, 
All about the gram. All about showing and flexing stuff on yeah, it. Yeah. Need to be humble, eh? Yeah, like, man. Especially like that, man. Yeah, yeah. Got like, it. I remember going over to some of my brother's, my, my oldest niece. She's poor, bro. My parents, do you know the golden yeah, child, yeah, the first born grand yeah. child? But my dad showed her how far he had to walk to catch the bus in the village. Yeah, yeah. Just to the main road. She cried. She couldn't believe it because yeah. it was like, that was reality. And like my dad said, I'd get up every morning at six, start walking because it was about six k's just to the main road. She bought her eyes out because she couldn't believe it. Because yeah. even just going up on a four wheel drive, I was like, That's Man, are we there yet? She says, No, 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 we've still got like another two and a half k's uphill. And she was crying, man. Yeah. She couldn't believe it, you know. It's like, it's like even my kids, eh? They live around the corner and they're lazy to walk. Sometimes when I'm working from home, eh? I get the I finally gave my daughter a shitty phone that can't, no apps, no games because it's a shitty phone. <laughs> And she might ring me or text me, oh, dad, it's too hot. Can you come and pick me up? Mm. <laughs> oh, and I've got Megan here. She's like, I don't want to walk her home. Can you pick it? Can you pick us up? I was like, bro, you only walk like four or five hundred meters. It's like, man, where, where we lived from Birdwood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we were both tiny kids, eh? Bro, back in the we day, back kids, then, man. we used to walk. Was, I, how long do you reckon it was? That would have been a couple of Ks, eh? It felt like, honestly, like walking from Birdwood to Earlish, bro, on that far side, like, it felt like forever. Yeah. And <laughs> we, it felt like a 30 minute walk. Even bro. if it rained, it didn't matter. Never. Yeah, Our parents wouldn't either drop us off, eh? It's like, yeah. Bro, have no idea, man. No idea, man, how hard it is, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But even like, fucking like, Lunch and stuff. Bro, I used to always, because my parents gave me the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $2.50, that, that's for your pie and drink, you know. That to me sort of molded me like fucking appreciate money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when yeah. it comes, learn how to spend it. Yeah. Whereas when I used to see kids with homemade lunches, I'd be so jealous. I'd be like, oh, I wish my mum made my lunch. But I never had that luxury. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. my mum was always working. So I understood that factor. Yeah, but yeah. it was more of that, fuck, when you get money, fucking make sure you look after, spend it yeah, properly, yeah. you know. Cause man, the amount of kids I used to see without lunches, fuck, that was that, that was, was real especially weight. in Ranui, man. That was real back in But I used to get jealous of your your pie and, and drink. Yeah. I had a homemade <laughs> lunch, but I didn't like it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like I used to always, yeah, man. It's like you always got love for your hood family like uh, that, eh? Because yeah, we all came through that struggle. We went, all went through the struggle, eh? Yeah, man. You know when it comes life. to when it comes to like um, inflation and that. Like I remember when I was at school, like. Because my, both my parents work, so no one could make lunch in the morning and that. So all us, all us, me and my sisters, we just got a $2 coin each for our lunch. And that was enough. Yeah. And talk about inflation, like $2 doesn't get you anywhere right now. You can't now, even man. get a pie anymore. Oh, yeah. man. Bro, there's six fifty pies he bought today. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, man. First I remember, <laughs> I remember, but, you know, it was funny because I, I was really into... Um, it's a comic books back in when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So I'll save my $2 a day for my lunch. I won't get by lunch. I'll save it to buy my comic books. So about $2, man, $2 was a, was a good lunch at high yeah, school yeah. for me. Nowadays, hey, I don't know what would be 10 bucks, eh? 10 yeah, bucks. That'd be the same price as 10 bucks. That's why I appreciate my print started me off at 250 to 5 to 10 to 15 yeah. Like it gradually built up yeah, yeah. to the point like, oh, fuck. I'm gonna spend this, and then yeah, I was like, you, I'd save my money for the weekend, mm. buy my Alks and that with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, man. I save my money for the wrong things. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm glad I had mates that were like working at high school as well. They were like, oh, borrow some money, yeah, bro. You know, you know you're good for it. Hey, mm. <laughs> so my favorite at the, at the tuck shop was um, apricot pie, dollar twenty five. Damn, it's gonna make some time. <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> I can't even remember what our pies were at the tuck shop at Cal's today. What were they, two bucks? They were dollar twenty at the bakery across the road. I remember that. The student pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss's dollar pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boss's dollar pies. <laughs> but even at school, way, like, I don't think. Sometimes I feel like some people think we're all shit when we talk about eating at Cal's. I'm like, literally, you know, um, I think Cam's made that video of him and the pie. And like, oh, yo, everyone having a bite of your pie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit was real, eh? Oh, that, that shit was not made and up. The, and the 1.5, no lips. Yeah. The <laughs> no, and, and fuck, no lips, can. It's going close to your lips, man. Make it f- but, bro, I, bro, where was it? It was some, oh, somewhere, eh? And I think I might have been with my workmates, eh? Years ago, years ago. They did the no lips. They're like, how the fuck do you do that? What's that? How do you drink like that? It's like... Where did you grow up, man? <laughs> did you not share drinks? Fucking <laughs> crack up, eh? But nobody knew how to do the no lips before, eh? I've seen a couple of guys trying to do it and they were like, Then they get the all down their shirts, eh? Like, fuck. Amateurs, eh? Rookies, man. Straight up, eh? But that pie, the pie story is like gold, man. Like, you know, you either had to have one to share and then one to eat later. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Bro, there was no way you're gonna have a whole party or something. Nah, man. You have, to be, you have to be. You have to be. You have to be stealth mode, story yeah, and yeah. hide behind the, the shed, eh? For see, I don't think kids are escaping food these days. Nah, they don't. They. I don't know, eh? I know. Well, out west now because Henderson's me to get free lunches. Because man, I remember high school. If you go into the tuck shop, you gotta do a stealth mode. You, know? you gotta yeah, like hide, yeah, like yeah, you gotta yeah. like make sure no one sees you, man. When you grab your food, you're 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 running to your hiding spot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think to a degree, I think one of, you know, good and bad thing is I think social media probably stopped the scabbing, right? Because yeah. you know kids are fucking dicks, eh? Yeah. You can just imagine, you know, these these bots, you know, kids that have got food and stuff, doing a video of this dude or girl, yeah, with no food. Scabbing and then posting it up. Yeah, bro. I reckon that that would probably happen, eh? <laughs> it would, bro. And that's why people don't scab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's probably <laughs> you know, it's just it's good, but it's sad at the same time. So you know, it's like that damn Daniel video back in the day of the dude with the white socks, like that. They probably got stitched up to the point where it was like, okay, people are wearing ankle socks now. Like that would have been the trend of ankle yeah, socks coming yeah. back into play. You know how people used to fold their socks down, eh? So you. It didn't look like they were wearing socks. And now they fucking make socks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ankle socks. Ankle socks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what else is fucked up? That word stoli. Because there's a reason why there's a word called stoli. Yeah. People don't say it anymore, eh? <laughs> no one says it anymore. But the reason why that word was invented, because if you don't stoli out, you're not going to eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, otherwise it'd be like, oh, you only got one bite out of your pie. <laughs> That's it. Got a whole pie, one bite. <laughs> the worst was shared, shared lunch. You know, their reality is hard to comprehend. They fucking just thinking about it. And I was like, damn, life was hard, bro. That's, See, why, that's why we're skinny, yeah. <laughs> See, you know, now I'm thinking like, because I'm talking from uh, watching a college's perspective, but man, it happened over there, man. It happens everywhere, man. I reckon, I reckon it happens everywhere, especially out west, <laughs> eh? Out west, man. Is, yeah, man. Yeah. But and, and but now that I'm an adult and I think about it, I always feel like I have more empathy for the guys that used to be like, "Oh, yo, kiss a bite," you know? Oh, hard because rejection back then, you know, like 
back then, like, if I was, if I was, if I was the one with the pie, I'd be like, fuck you always, ask can you know? <laughs> but if you, even if you're saying it to a friend, like, you know, and your friend receives that on the other end, like, now I have more empathy for the guy asking, because, bro, it would have been hard to ask, hey. Bro, I, how, yeah, hey. how do you get the courage to yeah, ask? Bro, that's it, bro. Like, I, I felt like yeah. all the guys that used to sit at the tuck shop, like, fuck, I'm not thinking about it as a parent now. I'm like, man. These guys had some balls, eh? Yeah, yeah. But then... But there were some hustlers as well. <laughs> oh, straight up, bro. some hustlers, man. He does come like, fuck you, ask me your bus for you, you didn't even catch that bus, eh? They, they, they're, they're hustling for that dollar or 20 cents. <laughs> yeah, and they do it to everybody, bro. Then they get their 10 bucks. Oh, good house in a tinny, bro. Yeah, bro. Straight up, eh? Well, I think you're thinking that comes up because of the, oh, the homeless situation right here. And the yeah, people yeah, ask yeah. for money when you go to places like BP or something. But I also heard like someone say, oh, it's identity, yeah, if you know who you are and you, you know you're confident, you don't really worry about how people perceive you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. You, yeah, fuck it. You can sweat that shit, it doesn't matter, you know. You ask, you ask, you yeah, sort yeah. of know, that's pretty much move on with your life. So some guys are built like that, others are like, oh, what's that guy? <laughs> that guy? I'm not going to ask that guy ever again. Yeah. You know, some, like, if you're working at the bank, like, with all the house prices and the history of it, like, I'm, I remember the house price thing didn't really come up until before the World Cup was here in New Zealand. Like, during that time, I think there was no mention of anything about house prices. And it was yeah. just a norm, eh? Like, you were saying, like, 5% back in the day? Oh, for deposits and stuff like, like that? 7% or something? Yeah. Back like, in the days. Oh, for the interest rates? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... So what was the point? Why did it go up all of a sudden? Like, why was the... Why are they going up now? Or? Well, well, from back then, like... like when, when I think of when my parents bought our house, it was only like a 20 grand back then. This was 1980. Oh, for the, house, for the price of the house? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of it, man, is supply and demand and then the costs, cost to build a house. Mm. And land, land, land price is probably the biggest one. Like, land costs so much, like... Back in, I remember when my old man sold our place on Luanda Drive and he struggled to sell it, bro. And we sold that for 80 grand. I think he sold it for 80 grand a day back in the day. Sure. And then somebody made a look. Because they had heaps of, had massive land. Day, so mm. some dude subdivided it and built other houses on it. And it's like, bro, nowadays that, if that 80 grand house nowadays is probably, you know, well over a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. But that was the thing back in the day, say, there was big yards at the back yeah, of the houses, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I think now it's because we've only got so much space. They're not, you know, you can't grow land or make land. There's only so much space, especially in Auckland. Auckland's the main hub that all the work, most of the workers, you know, in, in the country and where most immigrants come to, you know, doesn't matter where the immigrants are from, most of them will come to New Zealand for New Zealand and go to Auckland for work. And because there's not enough land, that piece of land, doesn't matter what house on it, that piece of land just gets more expensive because that land is... Is valuable that's you know that's that's where you build um so when the land is the key component of a house you know and, and land what's that you know a small section these days like four or five hundred grand and then you got to build on it and then the cost of the materials the labor all of that sort of stuff and you mm. know it makes it get quite expensive but just over time land has become more and more valuable because there's more and more people like you know let's say you know, back when we were growing up, there might have been, say, three or four million people, you know, three million people in New Zealand. I think there's now like six million people. They double the amount of people. And with that double, double, doubled amount of people, most of them probably live in Auckland. And they're still the same, Auckland's still that same, still size. same size. But the land, the demand for land has just doubled. So that, you know, 
it's just the demand for it caused the prices to go up, eh? And then, um, but also the council, you know, the council, the council wants more or smaller plots of land because everyone gets charged land rates. Like we all get, you know, you get charged land rates. And um, the more people that own smaller plots of land, you know, the more more money they get. And instead of having like say, you know, a big big say thousand square meter section hmm. with a house on it with you know the big backyard and they get say two or three thousand bucks a year from that one land from for that land rate for that one property now that one thousand square meter section's probably got five houses on it and they still get charged three grand each per property so yeah just crazy. so is that incentive to subdivide it is it is for the council um but if you got land yeah, you want it you probably subdivide if you can but then obviously you're sacrificing you know your space mm. um to get the most for your dollar if you're investing yeah you're if you're an investor now, it's fine but for for eh? people that own and you know want to have space for their kids you want land eh? and that's and that's why and that's why that, that also pushes up the price of property so people that have land you know people that that, that thought after because nobody wants to you, know, you look at all the houses like in in, in tap and um and yeah. henderson out south or pretty much anywhere man where you we are seeing all this building going on it's all these sort of townhouses that have only got a little like mm. what we used to call our driveway yeah that's their backyard <laughs> now eh? yeah so if somebody's got land it's valuable and people will pay good money for it eh? especially you know like people from overseas that have never had that luxury like you know from china or from the uk mm. like if you're from 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 the uk from the from a city or even yeah. from that from America, if you're from if you're from the city, not in the suburbs, and that, it's all apartments and townhouses, eh? And if you got money, if they come over here with money, they're prepared to pay top dollar for a bit of land. Mm. And that pushes up, pushes up the prices, eh? Because um, they're they're outbidding each other, or they're you know willing to pay more than what the locals are. And then once it once once somebody pays a certain amount for for a type of property or even just land, that sets the precedent, that sets the bar, and then yeah. That's true, Doesn't really. go back down, eh? Mm. I remember one of the neighbours, he had a big section at the back of his house. He lived across the road. Had the white picket fence, the old um, old old school villa. Yeah. Hardwood floors. And he just done a light renovate on the house before he moved in. Stayed in it a couple of years. But then when he realised he had another section attached to the back of his property, he ended up fencing it all off. Now, he couldn't get the neighbour to sell up their driveway so he could make use of that yeah, bit yeah. of land. But in the end, he tried to sell it. But when he went to auction, around about that time, that was the best time to get an auction. And whatever it sold for, they pretty much set the price of the street. Yeah, yeah. So, because it was a big section and it's all like a newly refurbished kitchen. Yeah, that's all yeah. it was to the house. They pretty much made us a million dollar street. And it was way before the price hikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's all it really takes. Yeah, like, yeah. even in Tattoo Peninsula, yeah, yeah. I think there's a whole street that just... Or, or million yeah, bucks. Yeah, the, the developers they they said, "Ah, fuck, no one take less than a mil or you know one point one." Fucking, yeah, yeah. we're sorted. Yeah, and then yeah. the one guy just came in and bought the fucking whole lot. Yeah, it's a, so so in the end, like for, for you know from thirty years ago when prices were like you know say twenty, thirty grand, eighty grand to where mm-hmm. they are now at almost a million bucks, most of it is just supply and supply it's and demand, demand and yeah. what what the what what people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, over time, people are willing to pay more, and you know, immigration's probably definitely got got a part to play in that mm. but because people are willing to pay more then the market just goes up along with it eh? and you know yeah things are coming down now but they'll never go down yeah to what it was 30 years ago even even <laughs> to where what it was like even say two years ago three years ago like you know 
it was crazy, you know, you know, like you're saying, you know, people weren't selling for less than 1.1, 1.2 and tat. It's like... Well, 1.1 was the medium. Yeah, yeah, that's Two right. years ago, yeah. yeah. That's right. So, like, um, now you might... It might have dropped a little bit. Mm. Like, say, to, it might even go to 900 or 800. But it's never going back sub 500, you know. It's, yeah. never, going, it's never going back that, 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 that low way. Because, mm. I mean, they're not making more houses. Mm. And you look at what they're, what they're making, it's just shitty little townhouses. So anybody with a house that's got land, it's always going to be sought after, eh? Mm. And 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 as there are more and more townhouses and apartments and less and less houses with land, the houses with land are only going to go up. Is there any truth to? Um, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or whatever, but economic there was an economic what they called this economist. He was saying. Um, another factor for the prices staying high is that homeowners don't want the prices to go down, so they'll do anything they can to keep the prices yeah, at that. Because yeah. if you invest in the house, you don't want to get you, you don't, you don't want your house to go down in value. Nah, you don't, you don't, you don't. So you wanna you wanna fight for um, the supply and demand to be to be low or high. You want it to be high. Yeah, yeah you want it to be, But even when demand is low, they don't necessarily have to sell. But at the end of the day, it's just what the what the market is willing to pay for the house. Mm. So if you need to sell, like let's say for if you're really in trouble, you need to sell and you're going to lose money, probably still sell if you have to. Mm. Um, but not everybody is in that position. And, oh, you know, it's not necessarily, yeah, people don't want to lose money on their houses. That's, you know, a given, but... It's not. It's not necessarily conspiracy theory. It's just things are expensive, man. Like yeah. houses, like house. You look at the, t- the 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 price of timber, of steel, of labor to build a house. Just to build a house is like it's not cheap. Like you know, David's a builder, eh? Yeah. He'll yeah. tell you, man. The, you know what the price of timber was. You know when he, when somebody wants to build a deck, how much right. does that cost now versus that's how much it cost two years ago? That's jumped almost probably three, four hundred percent. Yeah, man, that's mm. it. Per, per lineal meter, yeah, yeah. when Bunnings Westgate opened, yeah, yeah. when I extended my deck, yeah, I was looking at probably a dollar twenty-three, and that was for merch. That's the shit stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went back after Christmas, it was like six months after putting it off. Yeah, it went from a dollar twenty-three to almost three dollars. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. So that's right. and I was even with like, um, even with Jib Day. Yeah, yeah, Jib oh, was the worst, bro. Because yeah. Jib, they lacked supply, eh? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. their prices went up. And people were getting black market Jib, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I lined my garage with American um, Jib, and it was like $12 a sheet. Yeah. I ended up buying six. When I went back to the same fucking post, shit, he was doing it at $44. Yeah, yeah. So, so materials, I mean, those sorts of things will, will fluctuate in price, and they'll probably come back down to what with normal price eventually but labor you know that's gone up and once when you know nobody takes a pay cut eh no hmm. nobody takes a pay cut and like your minimum wage is at a minimum you can't go below the minimum eh so you know, you know minimum no. wage has gone up over <clears throat> years yeah. and now it's at like you know it's gone from whatever it was you know back in our day nine nine bucks to 21 dollars it's never going to go backwards you know and, and and all of that labor that that, that person getting paid minimum wage might not be building the house, but that person getting paid minimum wage is probably somewhere in the in, in the process to get to building the house. Like they they might be part of the person that's working at Bunnings to to yeah. you know for the checkout or to do the stock or you know to to do to even to even somebody sweeping the floor at Bunnings will be paid minimum wage, mm. and that's all <clears> built into <throat> to the cost of that and running the that place. piece of timber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So running their business. So uh, see, the, 
see, that's an important, that's important um, view because when people are harrying the government for putting up the the minimum wage, you take into that account. Yeah, like the prices it. of building will go up, you know? Prices of everything normally does yeah. slowly go up a little bit when when wages go up because... So I feel like people don't even understand that. Yeah, yeah. Because wages... Like, no, people don't, bro. People yeah. don't straight up don't get it. Wages they, they, is, yeah. they love the wages going up, but then, okay, everyone else is going to go up. Didn't you understand that everything else is going to go up? Yeah. And, and and manufacturing alone, right, if you were to... So if you were bottling all this Budweiser stuff, if it cost you $10,000 to bottle... Forty thousand units of that, and in a eight and a, a ten thousand liter kettle, and you you take into account the amount of people to to um, pasteurize it, brew it, and then fucking send it down the line and box it. By the time you're looking at what it costs, you have to consider like, all right, then you got to ship it to where it's going. And a lot of people don't think, oh, nah, fuck yeah, I can just go in there, get, get paid twenty five dollars an hour, all good. But when there's a loss, like say, four percent of that goes down the drain, and then the company who's made it hasn't actually made their money because they haven't paid everyone, bro, that's not a sustainable way of doing it. Nah, they'll, so they will look for the cheapest way to do it, or they'll shut up shop. And, and they'll when, shut up shop. That's when you see like the minimum wage is good for like you know there are, there are some businesses like say supermarkets or banks for example and big corporations or big businesses that that are able to ride minimum wage or, or even price just just wa- general wage increase that's fine but small businesses like say you're a you know, say you're a dairy or whatever or or, or a um you know, or a small family-owned butcher mm. you know that you know the small butcher and you've got a five five or six staff all of those costs going up eventually it's not worth mm. being and you're, you we've seen it over the year and i see it being being a banking and i'm, I'm, I'm you know I, I primarily do business banking you see it. Some people are just like, well, what's the point in working a whole year, stressing out, working seven days a week, having the stress of paying a lease, having six mouths to feed in terms of staff, running a roster, dealing with my staff's bullshit with not turning up sick because they're hungover, all of that sort of stuff. When at the end of the day, I'm not even making enough money. I could go and work for Bunnings or Pack and Wait, Save and get paid exactly more on minimum wage. Yeah, man. You know, so that's what people got to think about when when. When wages or minimum wages are going up, especially at those entry level level roles in a small business, it's not necessarily sustainable. Mm. Like, like even just like at, at food courts, and you, you probably see it a lot. You know, West City in Northwest, there are heaps of those little food, you know, those those um those food stores and those food courts that always go out of business. Mm. It's because they're not making any money. And, you know, what what's the main cost there? Yeah, the lease is expensive, but their main cost is is labor, wages, yeah. is wages. And it's gone up so much from you know what it was to where it is now that that most of them they're not making any more money, and especially if they're not raising the product. You just look at um, look at the mills at um, you know look at just coffee for example. I remember my parents had a cafe back in the day in Newland, and it's like I remember you know a cup of coffee was like two dollars eighty, and people used to complain about it being expensive. But you can't even get a coffee for five bucks these days, no, eh? No, non-existent. Eh? I think. Do you think the alternative, this is my thoughts on alternative than raising the, because for me, it's all political. It's a political move by the government to raise the thing to, yeah, give, to, it, to, to get votes. Most, most people, it's a feel good thing. They think, oh yeah, yeah, getting paid more is great, Yeah, but they're not seeing the, the the other side of it. That's right. They're not seeing the other side of it. But to some people, it doesn't matter as well. Like if mm. if you're living with your parents or 
you're not paying the bills. Yeah, so it doesn't affect you much. Eh? A, especially if you're a student, <laughs> if you're a university student or whatever, and you're just yeah. you're just getting paid more, and mm. it's great. You're not you don't have to pay bills. You're not buying groceries. You're not paying for electricity and power. Mm. It's all good. But when you are paying all of those things, <laughs> that's when it makes a difference, eh? I reckon. Do you reckon the alternative is to to let the market judge itself in terms of like don't have any um, uh, minimum wage, just just keep it open because that way, if you apply for a job and they tell you how much you can get, then we automatically know. Now fuck that, I'm not gonna work there. So yeah. that that means that things get cancelled out. Like yeah, like people will know and the workers will know. I mean the business will know that. Come on, man, you're not gonna pay this guy eight dollars. Just because you know, yeah, look, it's look a up. hard one. It's a hard one, though, way eh? because you know there are people there. There are some shitty, shitty business owners that take advantage of people as well. But that's what I'm saying. Stuff that, like, 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 hey, if 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 that's your your way if, of doing business, if that's your way of doing business, then good luck to you because yeah. no one's gonna join your your yeah, fucking work. That's... No one's gonna work for you. Well, yeah. Like, I I I dare you to yeah. pay one dollar an hour. That's, I sort, do. Of, that's I do. sort of what they do in the states, and that's why, like, they have you know we don't have that that culture here of tipping. But in America, that's how that tipping culture sort of came about. Because you know, even today, you go to a you know fast food place or, or bar. A lot of you know some of them only paid two or three dollars an hour. Yeah. They're relying on they're their tips. Relying on the tips. And that's and that's how those businesses get away with it. They pay their staff shit, and then they the 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 staff are relying on getting tips. So at the end, us as consumers still pay for it somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that as well, like the get the tipping thing. But it also creates incentive. If you want to do better, then you know what you gotta do. You gotta grind, grind you, harder. You know what you gotta do if you want to do better. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a it's a hard one. It's definitely a hard one. And, and you know, businesses do have to be smarter about how they operate. But like, if you see like manufacturing, for example, hey, like, you know, they have gotten smarter. But that means, or at the same time, they haven't relied on human labor. You know, there's a lot more machinery, a lot more reliance yeah, on yeah, machinery. Yeah. Um, you know, conveyor belt type systems and automation computer systems to 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 that go into producing whatever whatever it is that they're making. Whereas you know, in the old days, you'd have you know, manual labor, ma- lots of manual labor. Yeah. But you know, because human cost has gone up, it's easy just to buy a piece of kit, yeah, machinery, and help get the machine or the computer to help make it. Eh? So, yeah, manufacturing, yeah. I mean, Toyota's probably done it the best way in terms of like making it sufficient like they are and being self-efficient because they created that whole um their whole gist of like do it once do it right do a proper and like to the point like if anything breaks down on that line that their line doesn't stop because they have a like a yield of making like five thousand cars or one model and they give themselves a couple of days mm. and they're always on target very like if you have a look at the kpi per month and or whatever they're always hitting their targets because they don't want to miss shipments on boats mm. and stuff. So if they're trying to get stuff somewhere in the world, right, their team, planning team, and all their engineers are paid right to make sure that that shipment makes the boat. Like, yeah. there's no way. And that's why Toyota's the best at doing it, bro. Like, they're always, like, a step ahead of everyone else, the way they do their manufacturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it shows, bro, like, you know, the quality of cars that come out of their factories. And then, like, uh, a mechanic from their... They, they, um, their factory is sort of like a sought after person because gone are the days where there was just a mechanic and like you knew like the old Ford factories like that that in today's would be like that would have went under years ago but because they they've manufactured machinery so well and they fought well ahead their processes is like second to none man 
Mm. But I, I'm not sold on the um, electric vehicles, though. Like, <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> Someone fucked up there, I think. <laughs> I get, I, I'll get, you know, sometimes I get anxiety when I'm running low on gas. Yeah. Right. yeah. If I'm, you know, at least you know there's a gas station, there's always a gas station nearby, eh? But if, I'm, if I've got a car that's electric. Do you reckon we're going to go get, into EVs? You know, I don't see it happening. That's, that's government's goal, life, isn't it? Life, government life, government they, has a goal. They want they want us to, but there's a lot of infrastructure to be built because they yeah. know it's like you, you know somebody like me who gets range anxiety. It's like, bro, I, I'll, if I wanted to go to Rota Vegas, for example, in an EV, how many times you got to stop to charge it? It's like you got to have the infrastructure. If you want the country to go down that route, you got to have the infrastructure set yeah. up. You know, you know, some of the gas stations have um, what's it called electric chargers, eh? But normally, if, if if they have one, they've only got one. Yeah, you and know? if there's like ten cars, if there's ten cars, and how much? I don't know how long it. I don't. Know, I'm not. I don't know that much about electric cars, but I'm sure it yeah. takes at least an hour or so to charge a car. Yeah, yeah. That might be. On a, I don't know. It might take long. It might take three or four yeah. hours. It'll take some time anyway. Yeah, but yeah. um, that that's when I see those BP and uh, mobiles of the of the cafes in there. Yeah. That would do well. Eh? Yeah, well, charge and have a yeah, have yeah. a coffee. Wait, but they still have to invest in have multiple charges you can't just have one charge you need it you need like 10 or 20 charges and then you have to have a lounge you yeah. to chill out and but like but see that's where i feel like your yeah, toyota they were ahead of the game but then when they got to that point and it sort of startled because the um the like the pandemic hit and then they were stuck with all these evs and then hybrids and then once the dealership started to realize shit we've got all this stuff in because a lot of those dealers that import cars that's sort of like sitting loans as well that are sitting in yeah, their yeah. warehouses eh? yep, and yep. people stop spending and it's like oh fuck well, we've had the first lot of ones that are shit and they cost so much to bring into the country it's yeah like, yeah the shipping's not cheap and then just yeah, holding bro. them there's holding baby yeah yeah but fuck, it just it just makes me laugh it's like now if you're trying to buy one of those small electric cars and they came in at about five grand. Now you're looking at fourteen grand now because they're trying to make their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying yeah. to make some sort of turnover on it. But yeah, bro, I don't. I pray that we don't fucking go to get some uh, electric in my lifetime, man. Oh, I don't know, man. There could be a, and I don't know. It'll slowly, slowly get there, man. But I think that's where they want to go away. They want to go. I mean, there'll still be. Always, I think there'll always be some sort of, you know, gas. There'll always be gas cars, but. They're gonna try to transition away, and I think it'll take years, but they'll slowly go more hybrids, more EVs. Hopefully, when we're seventy, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I just reckon they're dodgy as well, man. It's like, how do you know if there's a, if there's an accident or a crash? It's like, man, those electrical fires are not like a yeah, yeah, not like a, a petrol car fire. We can yeah, get yeah, yeah. a fire truck and come along and hose it down, and three days put it out. If you're stuck. A fire truck can come along with uh, the jaws of life and cut it open. <laughs> electric cars, because of all the wiring and the electrics, yeah. they can't do that, eh? It's, yeah. it's a little bit different. Yeah. A little bit more risky. I mean, not that anybody tries to drive to get into an accident, but Straight if somebody's up. unlucky to, it's a bit different with an electric car, eh? Well, even like them just getting flooded, bro. Like through the floods, if you get an electric car. Oh, like, true. If like one of them was stuck now. on the motorway now, eh? Like, <laughs> yeah, or the motorway <laughs> last night. one of those, bro, and it's been water damage. Fuck it. I know Tesla and the factory. Yeah, I knew there one guy who fucking he tried to order parts from them. He made a whole channel about it. Yeah, it's like yeah. fucking if the car's been submerged underwater, well there goes your warranty. Like you know, you shouldn't park it by water, but he's like, What the fuck? How What's do you control it? <laughs> What's the difference between that and snow? It's like it's the same thing, man. So yeah, can't control. I was driving down the motorway trying to get home, it was all good, then all of a sudden this water appeared. Yeah, man. <laughs> and it got bigger and flooded my car. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, like at work when you're giving out loans. Like I, I saw on TikTok there was a story about um um the different kinds of loans. So you got like, there's a car loan, there's a house loan, and there's a personal loan and there's a business loan. But but this guy on TikTok he was talking about uh, more of the business loan. Well, why does if you got an idea for a business, why can't you just get any kind of loan to start your business? Why does it have to be a business loan compared to a car loan? Because what if what if you know what I mean? Like if a car, if you want a car, it costs fifteen grand. Yeah, well, you yeah, can start yeah. a business with fifteen grand. So, what's yeah, the difference yeah. between a business loan and a so car loan? Different, like different products, but also different depending on where you go. Like, if you go to a bank, for example, there's you know different finances they have different requirements. But if you're going to a bank, car loan, um, we don't do car loans per se unless it's for a business as well. Um, car loans depends on where you're like AA or whatever, or those UDCs do a car loan, um, but they're secured by the car. They're secured by the car, so you, they take a a, a a security charge over that that asset that, that 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 vehicle so that's so they can sell the car if they, can goes wrong. they can repossess it and yeah. sell it if something goes wrong but a business loan normally like there's a couple of ways because that all, all i really do nowadays is, is commercial co- sort of corporate business banking and um that can be unsecured because mm. you don't know how to risk it because there's yeah, a risk yeah, yeah. every business is a risk every oh, business yeah, is a okay. risk so especially for a startup you don't know if it's going to generate money and if, you, if you're borrowing 15 20 100 300 a million dollars for a business you really have to have a sort of a plan as to how it's going to go or have some you know especially for a startup normally somebody has to have the funds to start it up or or have some contribution to contribute or chip in to start up the business or have equity in in a house or some property to contribute or to sort of um offset the risk for a lender because like um, let's say for example Let's say you want to set up a, a McDonald's, just you know, or, or, or whatever restaurant, and you want to borrow, say, a million bucks or half a million bucks or whatever to, to set it all up. If shit if shit hits the fan, and you can't pay that loan back, and you haven't paid any of it back yet, how is the lender going to get their money back? Mm. Now, it's like almost impossible. You're not going to, the lender or the bank's not going to come along and start flipping burgers to that, get your money back. That example of McDonald's would that be a sure bet? Because we're talking about McDonald's Yeah, yeah McDonald's is different. <laughs> and McDonald's ain't a million bucks to buy into. Yeah. Right. And McDonald's, is a, it's, got, it's a franchise and it's different. They've got all the... You've got to work in the business before you even... And they have to they have to have faith in you before you even get a foot in the door to potentially mm. set up your own McDonald's. And, and you know, you're looking at five or yeah, millions of dollars. As far as the brand goes, isn't that... It's, norm, it's normally a short, but you still have to know how to operate it as right. well, how to run it, how to run staff, how to run their process. Because especially something like McDonald's or any friend like Burger King or Pizza Hut, it's all about the quality, eh? Mm. And and those 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 big chains have a real big focus on their quality. And that, like McDonald's, for example, you have you sh- they want you to be able to go anywhere in the world, and the cheeseburger or Big Mac is the same it's wherever same, you yeah. go. Yeah. You know, so you can't just yes, you know, so. You can't just go out and set one up. But normally they are a sure bet. Yeah, you could say that they're a sure bet, but, mm. you know, there's still a bit of, bit of risk. But, like, yeah, looking at the differences in loans and stuff, the reason why um, they're different is because, you know, between a car loan and a personal loan, which, you know, really a car loan and a personal loan is the same thing, mm. except a car loan can often have security of the car attached to it. But um, it's all about the different risks. Right. Like a house loan, for example, the bank's got security over the house. And that's why... 
the banks don't give 5% deposit lending anymore, especially in this market when house prices are going backwards a little bit. Mm. So let's say, let's say you got a house for whatever amount and you pay your deposit and then shit hits the fan, you can't pay for your house. The, because you've paid some of it, if the bank sells it, normally they'll get whatever they lent to you back. Um, but for a business, there's not, especially a startup, mm. there's nothing to sell. There's nothing to back you up There's there, nothing yeah. to back you up. And that's unless, why, unless you have results. Unless you have results. Yeah. Even, even with the results, it's like the business, every business is different. And unless you can sell the business, there's still nothing to sell as well. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's a little, little, little bit different. I don't know if that, if I explained it well or if that makes sense. But No, no, it does make sense. It's always the backup thing. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of it's the security. There needs to be some sort of security. Like what the banks or any finance lender looks at is they call it their way out. If, if something goes wrong, what's, you know, or, or not even if something goes wrong, but what are their ways out? Normally the first way out of for, for lending someone, like if I lend you $10, the first way out is you giving me that $10 back. Mm. The second way out is normally the security attached to it. So like, I might say, yeah, I'll give you 10 bucks, but you give me a box of beers and I'll hold that box of beer yeah. <laughs> to look after. And then um, if you don't give me the 10 bucks, I'll sell that box of beer and I'll give my 10 bucks back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what normally the banks or, or, or financiers look at. They look at how do they get, how do, how do they get their money back if they lend you money? Mm. And normally it comes by, by the form of, you know, the person that's borrowing the money paying you back. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in today's um, I'm going back to house, house buying a house now. In today's, in today's climate, what do the average person need needs to actually go into the house housing market to buy a house? Like, what do they need? We're talking about twenty percent now. That was the yeah. Well, if it's a first home buyer, you can get away with ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. So if they if it's an eight hundred grand house, you can get away with eighty grand deposit, and that's. Not necessarily that far fetched because you know most people, if you've come out of university or they come out of school and they've worked for four or five years or more, you know that's how they've got ten years under their belt. Most people are contributing to KiwiSaver, mm. so you can just use that. You, most people use a good portion of their KiwiSaver, and then you normally have some sort of savings because the bank still wants, even though let's say you've got the more than enough money in your KiwiSaver to buy a house, the bank still wants to see that you've made an effort to save. Because mm. yeah. having that discipline to save, say, 500 bucks a month shows that you can pay back a loan yeah. of 500 bucks. You know, loans are, you know, a house loan is normally more than 500 bucks a month anyway, but like it just shows that you've got the ability to put money aside to pay for something. Mm. So they still want to see some sort of savings. Um, but yeah, deposit is definitely the big one. But also just having your, your, your affairs in order, like, um, not having shitloads of credit cards or not having bad debts, not having mm -hmm. store card, not having higher purchases like that. You got, you know, you got to, you got to sort of like, you know, you, you know, a hood terminal, you got to come correct to the bank, eh? When you want to mm -hmm. borrow money to buy a house, like you got to, you got to have your savings. So whether that's KiwiSaver and cash savings or a combination of both, you got to have that, <clears throat> have that savings there. Then you got to have good credit. You can't just, you know, in the past, when you're young and, you know, oh, I want to buy this car and then, oh, fuck, I, I've enjoyed it for a year. I can't be fuck paying it anymore. I'll just stop paying it and then let them repossess it. Mm. And then 
have it have it written off and I'll just forget about it. That shit doesn't doesn't work, eh? Mm. You know, you're having good credit because you want to. You can't walk away from a commitment and, and, and a house loan for you know a house loan is not a one or two year commitment, man. A house you pay that back over you know twenty five thirty years. Mm. They want to make sure that you're good for those for those for those years. There's a lot those, those many years you're good. To, to 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 meet those th- those commitments over that term, eh? Mm. So um, you got to have yeah, you got to have good credit, and then um, you just got to have your fi- you got to have your finances in order. So you got to have you got to show that um, you've got a stable job. You and your or your partner combined have a stable job, and you can afford to pay for the loan as well as your living costs. So. You don't want to come to the bank and say, oh, yeah, I want to borrow this money to buy a house. Yeah, I've got my deposit. I've got good credit. Those are still good things. That's not enough. But I've got all these other loans. <laughs> I've got I've got a credit card that's about 15 grand and I owe 15. I, don't even, I never pay it off. Mm. I've got some store hire purchases for a bed and some furniture. I've got a car loan as well. But all of those things cost money. You know, there's mm. like, um, if you've got all of those hire purchases, that might, that might take three or four grand out of your pay packet every month to service those things. So when you look at that on top of a house loan that, you know, these days a house loan, a house is not cheap. Mm. You know, a house loan could be half a million bucks or more, you know, if you're lucky. The repayments are pretty high, eh? So you got to get yourself in order. So really, if you want to, like, I think my advice, if anybody wants to buy a house is have their deposit sorted. So with their KiwiSaver and savings, Good steady job, good credit, but also have their finances so they don't have lots of short term debts. You know, mm. have don't have any higher purchases. Have one credit card if you need it, but pay it off every month so it looks good, like you're not sitting in debt, mm. um, and just show that you you're good for it. You know, that those sorts of things show that you're good for it. You're you're you've you're, you've built up uh you've built up some assets and some skin in the game and, yeah. you're, and, you're, and you're good for the commitment for that 25 or 30 years to pay the loan off, eh? Mm. The worst thing is going to a bank with bad credit. You know, you just, there's no chance, eh? The thing I'm concerned about is just how people are. A Polynesian community yeah, in New Zealand with, with that stat that came out in the Herald with the um, 60% of, of uh, Pacifica are in renting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And forty percent of Pacifica in New Zealand are living in homes that are too small for them, their yeah, whole yeah. family. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. O- overcrowding. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And it seems like we're just going through the motions, mm. you know. But and then, but then, with with the not understanding of of the generational wealth. Yeah. I mean, for for me, like learning learning a little bit about it, like you know, our parents. Would have bought our homes when they came from the islands, but then you know they they leave it to the kids, and then the kids they sell the property. Yeah. And then there's there's nothing to to show for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That happens all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially when 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 our parents come from the islands and they own properties in um in Greyland. Yeah, oh, possibly yeah. those areas. Yeah, and they're then, worth four million bucks now, or whatever. Yeah, but they weren't back then. Yeah, they weren't back then. But yeah, yeah, but know, then, that, yeah. that sort of thing that that happens, and that, and it's sad. Yeah, and it's sad because people don't have that financial literacy as well. You see, like mm. um, and I see it like they come into the parents sell the house, 
well, they pass away and they sell the house and, and stuff like that. And there's a big windfall of cash. People don't know what to do with that cash. They don't think, oh, yep, I've got that. You know, might split up with the siblings or whatever, but they've got more than enough for a deposit mm. or they've got enough to buy a whole house. Mm. They, don't, they don't need to buy another million dollars. They might have enough to buy a buy a house wherever for 600000 or whatever, you know. But they think, oh, fuck, I've got all this money. New car, holiday to the States and Hawaii and all this sort of stuff. And then just show off and have a good time. And they, you know, you see it all the time. They spend all the money and it's gone. Mm. Nothing to show for it. Is that YOLO? Yeah, so it's that. It is <laughs> yeah. that. But they just don't understand. It's like um, you know, what, the, what the grind that their parents went through to get it. Mm. And then to keep that wealth within the family or to make something of it. Because it's about the next generation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, if they right. got something to come back to, it, 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 the value is it goes up in price. And it yeah, goes yeah, up and up and up. up. Yeah, it yeah. always goes up. Eh? Always, yeah, 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 yeah. The property market's always only ever gone one way. Like, yeah, you might have like, you know, there was a global financial crisis in 2008. Things went down. There was a depression before that. And now we're going through, we're probably going to go through, a, you know, house prices have come back a little bit already. We might have a recession, a recession this year. House prices might come back a little bit more. But they're not going to tank. Like, they might come back, you know, a million dollar house might be 800000 which is, yeah. you know, still a lot for a house. And it might, 200000 loss might seem a lot, but in the scheme of things, when that house, you, you know, that still made money over the years, right? Mm-hmm. But that's only a little dip for a short amount of time. After the recession that, that might or may not happen this year, next year or the year after, the market will come right. Immigration, people will start coming back to New Zealand. The borders will open. Tourism will happen. Good things will start happening again. Yeah. Interest <clears throat> rates will probably start going down again, which will stimulate the economy, will give people the ability to borrow money again. Mm-hmm. And then house prices will go back up. It's just a cycle. Every yeah. they say every seven to ten years, house prices mm. go up, so, double almost. So, I think what people don't understand is more benefits to owning your own house than anything else. Because definitely, even definitely. even with the re remortgaging, yep, like that's that's money you can get to do other stuff. Yeah, yeah. To build right. upon your property. Yeah, that's right. That's and like, right. you don't get that if you're renting. No, no. But the thing is, all the, all the challenges for a lot of people, because renting is such a massive portion of your pay packet. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. house price, you know, what's the average rent, you know, these days, 600 bucks a week? Um, probably more than that. More than that. Yeah. It depends where, you, where you're <laughs> renting. You know, yeah. if you're renting a small three-bedroom house somewhere, could be 550 to 600. I haven't paid 600 or for a week in probably eight years yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a big house you're probably paying 800 to a thousand a week in rent you're right you know oh, definitely easy. You know, easy 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 that's a big chunk of somebody's pay packet mm, yeah you know and i've had some conversations with some of our old mates from the hood you know just just uh, have a bit of a yarn and just to give a little bit of advice so and it's like how do you get from paying say 60 percent of your pay packet every week to rent and then paying for your car, your mm. food for the kids, whatever else you need to pay for. And most of the time there's not much money left over. How do you have how do you build up that not you know, that little bit left over into a deposit to buy a house? It's well, hard, man. It's I yeah. know, man, it's, it's almost impossible, eh? Well, I talked to a a friend of mine, he um he he's flat with me and um he bought a house Three years ago, yeah, maybe four years ago, him and his missus bought a house, and he was saying, t- telling me, man, the repayments are probably 
not much more than our rent we used or, to have. Or some of the, f- f- quite often there are payments for sometimes how yeah it's not much more or can be less than what you're paying in rent. Yeah, really? it's less, yeah. but it's because you know, you can show that you can pay pay for the loan by by saying that you can pay this this amount of rent, right? Mm. But because the bank have to look at if you stop paying rent, how do we get our money back? They have to sell the house. If you if you if you buy say a million dollar house and you lend and the bank lends you a million dollars to buy that house, and then you don't pay them back, they might not be able to sell that house for a million dollars to pay back their million dollar loan to you. If that you know sort of makes sense. So they lose. So that's why, and that and that's why that and that's why the whole importance of the deposit comes into play. Mm. Yeah. Like if you got ten percent deposit, then they'll probably be able to. You know, that's why they ideally want twenty percent because. The bank can't just sell your house as well, you know. Like a mortgagee sale, people think, "Oh, the bank's just gonna sell my house and make the money back or whatever." Mm. It actually costs. Yeah. You know, it costs about eighty to hundred grand to sell somebody's house at mortgage. So the banks don't want to go to they hate mortgagee sales. Yeah. They actually want to work with somebody and get <clears> them to sell their house first because there's a whole lot of legal costs mm. and there's the agent fees as well that they have to pay for. Mm. So that's why it's like, um, if you haven't paid a deposit, it's you know the bank's not gonna get their money back that they've lent you. And it's like the bank hasn't made that money out of thin air. You know, the bank, that, that money that they've lent you, they've borrowed it from somewhere as well. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> They're paying somebody else interest. So, you know. With the, you know, with the, the 20% deposit. Yeah. Like that's for a million dollar house. It's 200 that? grand. That's 200 grand. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Do you get um, clients that, have um, collaborated with family yeah, members yeah, that yeah. have come in yeah like definitely so yeah there's, 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 I mean I don't do because I don't really do much ho- I don't do really do home lending anymore yeah but there's definitely situations where yeah brothers and sisters or you know parents have helped out kids to you know use collateral an existing house or mm. pulled money together to do it I feel like the the Indians and Asians are good at yeah the Asians are good at Asians that kind of stuff. yeah man definitely or that, the Indians especially yeah, they're that, really good at that and that's how a lot of them have grown their wealth if they mm. pull it together but it's created a lot of dramas as well, you know, because there's yeah. always mm. greed comes into it and then shit hits the fan. Mm. And then they have a big blow up, you know, because, <laughs> so, you know, so yeah, there's, there's, there's pros and cons. But, you know, so that's like my, my biggest piece of advice is fucking you, KiwiSaver, eh? Because, like, I don't know, do you guys have KiwiSaver? Yeah. You know, you pay for that out of your pay packet, you don't really notice it. Mm. Yeah. You know, but you, let's say you put. 10 grand a year into the KiwiSaver. You don't notice that, but it's hard to save 10 grand a year. Mm. You know, mm. it's hard to do that. But if you got you and your partner, for example, I mean, that's why it's like people got to, you know, and you're, you, you talked about this earlier, people want things now, they want the best now. Yeah. But if you have a plan, if you're like in your 20s or your early 20s, or even if you start at 18, if you leave school at, at 16, 17, get a job and you start then, yeah. and you got a partner and you're working full time and you're chipping into KiwiSaver, and you're putting say eight grand or ten grand a year into KiwiSaver, mm. in ten years, that ten grand is a hundred grand. And if there's two of you in ten years, that's, that's two hundred grand. Yeah. And if you're six, if you're if you if you start that, even if you start that when you're twenty, that means by the time you're thirty, you know I'm way about we you know we're thirty eight, thirty nine nowadays. And if you do that when you're twenty, to you know, by the time you're thirty, you've got enough money for a deposit, eh? Yeah. But people just don't think about that. And and I know it's hard to save money, but if you use KiwiSaver as a tool, it's probably the best, yeah, the right. best, the easiest way to go. Because I know, like, it's hard outside of paying your rent, your bills, your kids' costs and stuff like you know. There's 
not often any money in the in the kit left, eh? Mm. So how do you save? How do you how do you yeah. how do you put a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks a week aside to save that deposit? You know, you put it all you know, put as much as you can into KiwiSaver because that's because you can't take it out. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's yeah. locked away for you. It's locked away. KiwiSaver, there's only two ways to get it, or three ways to get it out. One way you don't want to think about it because you get that's when you die. Yeah. Or when you retire at sixty five, or when you buy your first house. So that's you know that, I think that's the best that best tool, eh? But if you can save as well, it's good. But I know it's it's, hard these days, it's yeah. pretty hard to save, especially with inflation, everything being so expensive. You know, gas prices being where they are, it's hard to save. But if you can chuck as much as you can in KiwiSaver, especially for the young fellas, eh? And it's yeah, like, bro. you know, you, you see a lot of people that come out of school or even they or you know don't know the situation, but they've never signed up to KiwiSaver. And it's like, why? Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. It's like, oh no, nah, you know, I don't know what you know. That's how, you, that's how you're getting paid minimum wage. That's still about six hundred bucks a week, eh? Yeah. You get per week in your hand. Does it hurt if you only got five fifty or five hundred bucks a week? To them, they're just like, oh yeah, I'd rather have the six hundred bucks so and buy more beers and yeah. buy some new <laughs> shoes and shit like that. But if you were getting a little bit less and you had the risk going to KiwiSaver, mm. you'll be fucking thankful mm. in ten years time. But you know, they think oh, ten years time is ages away. You know, like, if I can touch on that. Like what you were saying to him, like how you're talking about if the recession came and people that did get loans pre approval of the recession and just how the market drops and how it picks back up again. Yeah. Like one thing that we haven't spoken about, but and I know this only because you know I know what it is to pay bills, is like people that invest and that are renting now and they have no idea, like, oh, you know, I gotta save for a deposit or they haven't thought about KiwiSaver. You know, one thing that I know about houses, say you bought, bought into the property, gave me 400000 Say six years from now, and we bought it four hundred thousand. Whatever the house has made in that time, against what you're paying, you would never save that amount of money. No what way. it's fucking gained. No and way. And that's the biggest misconception that people don't see. Yeah. It's like, bro, you pretty much had a saving, but you don't know because you still paid four fifty a week. Yeah, yeah. Bro, but whatever you bought the house for, it ain't with four hundred thousand now. Nah. Add the fucking rest of it onto what today's market is. That might be like three hundred thousand, yeah. even for some five hundred thousand. You would never save five hundred thousand in your fucking lifetime. Nah, that's but it. your house is your house has done it for for you, for yeah, you without is, even knowing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And like that's what people like a lot of PI need to see. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Shit, the struggle you do now, if you think about the long game, is fucking something you would never imagine. Yeah, that's right. So you actually sit down and crunch numbers. That's there. exactly right. That's but that right. stuff was in the Bible. The whole sacrifice. Yeah. Like you know when when Joseph sacrificed the his son on the thing. Mm. For God and that That's like sacrificing Whatever you love mm. To mm. For a better future You know And that's People think Oh man How can you sacrifice your own son Nah The metaphor That's a metaphor To How to live life Like you gotta yeah, sacrifice yeah. Your love For whatever Sacrifice that mm. Because in the long run Whatever you sacrifice that for It's gonna Be good for you In yeah. the future Yeah, so yeah. Bigger, better. Hmm. And you notice I think that, And a lot of us Probably haven't seen it when we were growing up, we think everything was easy, but I think most of us would have seen, you know, our parents probably, we probably didn't see it. That's the problem. We haven't seen it. Yeah. But our parents probably struggled real hard. Mm. We just think, oh, house prices were fucking cheap when they bought a house. So it's easy. But it was realize, expensive for them, eh? Well, the interest rates back then was 20% versus, you know, we're saying 7% is a lot. 20% is a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, the, the loan might've been 80 grand or the house might've been 80 grand or, or 30 or 40 grand, whatever. But their wages was probably only a hundred bucks a week. Mm, yeah. you know, there's all relevant, eh? It's all, it's all different scales, you know. Like now, yeah, house prices are 
you know, 800, 900 or whatever, depending on the house. But, you know, most people are getting paid eight, nine thousand bucks a week. Mm. You know, it's like they, you know, it's, it's different. You know, some with you working in the, the business loan sector, like what, what what's the trend you've been seeing lately with what kind of businesses have been getting out there? Like people that are coming up to you to get a business loan. What sort of businesses are, are trending at the moment? Yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, because most of because I've, I've worked my way through and most of the businesses that I deal with are, are quite big and established now, like pretty big, big, big corporate type type of businesses. But like um, every, especially now, each sector is a little bit different. Like um, if you're in construction, it's it's a little bit difficult because materials are expensive. Um all of the consent process and all the council stuff and all the administration around that's quite expensive and long-winded. Mm. Um, labor's expensive and there's actually not even enough labor in that sector. David will probably tell you there's hardly any builders around. Um, Is that because the minimum wage has gone up? Minimum, oh, <laughs> those guys aren't on minimum wage anyway. So. And a lot of it would do, be to do with the lockdowns as well, right? Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, so COVID's impacted it too. Entry-level people like, or people who were in Charles longevity have now left and decided to get you something else yeah that's right different. that's right but i think um like um there are some sectors that have gone well like anything to do with health like you right. know health, health sector's gone real well um you know, to a degree like construction like house construction yeah they sort of goes against what i just said before but over the last couple of house construction has gone really well because you know House prices have gone up heaps. There was lots of cheap money to borrow at 2%, 2.5%. Mm. All the developers were going crazy and they made heaps oh, wow. of money. So the builders were doing really well. This year is a little bit different. Um, but like if you're in, also if you're, if you're in infrastructure, you know, fuck me, you just look at what happened last night with all the rain and, and stuff mm. like that. Like I've got one of my clients, he, one of his business is stabilization, gra- ground and clifftop stabilization. Mm. But look at all the slips around. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know and he does mate, most of his clients. He does a lot of he does some commercial stuff, but most of his stuff is um, residential. Cool. You know, consumer rich people that live out in Hearn Bay on those clifftop properties. <laughs> you know, these people aren't short of money, but they're for, you know a slip a, a clifftop slip repair for some of those houses in Hearn Bay could cost three four hundred grand. Hmm. Pocket change. Pocket change. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> pocket change. You know. But like he he's going nuts, eh? Yeah. He's just so busy. And mm. last night he'll probably he probably got heaps of phone calls yesterday saying I need help. <laughs> yeah. you know, but he doesn't just do work for them, he does work for water care. Mm. Like you look at all along he does um in all along scenic drive up 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 towards those dams and you know how yeah. there's all those um there's always there's always slips and stuff, eh? Those roads are always needing repairs. Mm. So he doesn't do the roading stuff, but he does the the, the cliff stuff. So you know, there's heaps of work. Hey, if you're doing you know anything in infrastructure right now, it's pretty good. Like anything that involves pipes, drainage, roading. I mean, yeah. all the roads are shit. I mean, you look at what happened in the Coromandel with all of the, the you know the the storm the other week and probably again last night. Yeah. All those roads are fucked. Hey, they mm. all need repairs. Who's gonna you know? So if you've got a business that repairs those roads or builds roads, it's not yeah, just. Yeah. You know, Fulton Hogan is normally the main 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 contractor, but they sub out. So if mm. you're if you're able to get the contracts to sub out to them doing good you know who's struggling food places eh? yeah. you know taking that guy for example the the slip repair guy like him coming in um and dealing with you like how much research do you have to do 
and uh, for a background of a business that co- that comes to you, like, Shilos, man. like what? How long does it take, and what what do you have to do? It's a lot, man. So like you know, if he wants it, because when he's borrowing money, it's not like he's borrowing fifteen twenty grand, eh? Mm. It's uh, if he's buying a drill unit or whatever, that's half a million bucks, Shit. million bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, he might need a more, he might need a bigger yard for all of his gear. That yard, mm. a couple of million bucks. So you got to so, understand. So this is coming as a form of a business plan, does he? Present? Yeah, a little bit. But we, I mean, I already, I've known him for years anyway, so I right. already know what it's all about. But it's um, it's, it's understanding his 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 financial performance over the last few years, what his financial performance is to date, what contracts he has, what his work work in progress mm. looks like, what his margins look like, all the risks in the business. Um, you know, all of his cost controls, we, we have a thing like we have to understand how he's managing like um, health and safety risks. Because, you know, all it takes is some guy to chop off his arm and mm. that, you know. And it's gone. That can That's stuff it. your whole business up because, yeah. you know, how, the Osh will, I don't know what they're called now, but they'll come around and, and fine you a million bucks. Mm. And that's the business gone. So you have to understand how they treat and how they manage the health and safety risk. You know the environmental risks, and you know just and also their governance. You know governance is sort of a, I suppose it's a bit of a financial lingo a little bit, but it's like governance in a business is how you manage the business, understanding your cash flow, understanding what work you have, you know what work you have, understanding your budgets, understanding your staff. So you like you know if this project is, you know you might say you might have a contract or a project that's a million bucks, right? But you have to understand what the costs of that project is. So you might make, you might be charging a client a million bucks for a certain project, but you've got to work out what the cost of all of your materials, your staffing costs, all of your equipment. You know, you might not have equipment. You've got to hire equipment, and you've got to get scaffolding. You might, you know, some of these clifftop properties that he repairs, you need a helicopter. Mm. How much does a helicopter cost you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, How'd you find that out? Did he tell you, or did you find out the helicopter? Yeah, so thing? they sort of tell you a little bit. You got to right. do your own research as well, and you got to sort of just yeah, you got to do a whole lot of modelling, and yeah, it's it's not it's not a one page report. It's normally like a ten page report mm. and a whole lot of analysis that goes involved that's involved as well. That's um, you know what you're doing now with the business loans and that. That's good to understand businesses eh, in the way you do. Yeah, 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 definitely. Now you got to as opposed to like car loans and personal loans and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. So other kind of loans where you don't need to. But now, now you're in the you're in the industry where you actually get an insight into what actually goes into yeah. the business. Yeah, so you do you have sympathy with him, like you know, like mm. people say, yeah, minimum wage is all great, but you see, you see that side of it because it's not just. Um, you know, there's lots of other policies that have come in place since Jacinda's been in, which you know, I think they, you know, some of them are, are pretty good, some some questionable, but like. Um, like what? What's questionable? Oh, like because um, <laughs> that's the other question I'm going to ask you. Like, you know, with with, with your be... work, with your work, now you have to notice not only the business side, you have to notice what the laws are now. Yeah, yeah especially yeah, the yeah. tax laws, because tax laws always change every time. Eh? Yeah, there's tax stuff, but there's also just you know a lot of it. A lot of it is work stuff, like mm. um, cons- uh, employment law is a big one, man. Yeah, employment yeah. law is a big one. <laughs> like, you can't just like you've probably seen in the, in the paper some you know. You, know, you get like these mechanics that just tell somebody to this guy's a dick. He's not pulling his weight. Tell him to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, he went. He went to the employment court and he won twenty grand because he didn't fire him the right way. You got to go through a process. <laughs> so you can't just fire people. Eh? <laughs> but it's also just like sick leave. You know, mm-hmm. that's all real costs to the business. You know, like any bit. Like if you got a hundred staff or whatever in a business, 
and you know people are paid and not everybody's paid a bit of a wage some people are paid you know pretty good money but you've got what is it two, 10 days of sick leave um you've got fucking domestic violence leave which is another five days you've got um covid leave all sorts of leave right mm. on top of your annual leave mm. that all costs the business money that you know the business owner has to pay for all of that eh? it's not just uh, it doesn't just come out of thin air yeah so if somebody takes you know you might be a key person in the business making say making making tables you might be the the guy that makes the tables but you're off for two weeks sick because you caught a cold or whatever you know mm. and um nobody's making those tables but he's still got to pay for his rent yeah. his power his insurances and your wages for those 10 days that you're sick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. People don't think about that, eh? But like, um, mm. so when I'm, yeah, it's like that's, that's part of the process that we've got to think about when we're giving businesses money as well. Like, what is their process? What is their policy? If that happens in the business, you know, that's it for a small, but in a big business, if there's multiple people, like, what happens? What's your contingency? Mm. What's your backup plan? How do you ensure that you're still going to be able to generate revenue? Because, you, you know, if I'm going to give you a million bucks, how are you going to pay me back? Mm. You know, if 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 um if things go, if things aren't able to work anymore, or if, you know, if, if things are temporarily closed down, what are you going to do about it? Mm. You know, that sort of stuff. You have to understand. Yeah, yeah. I know it's quite it is quite complicated, and I probably didn't explain it very well. But no, no, you have you have because what I'm thinking about is your work, right, and what you have to deal with, and and uh, and the things you have to know, and the things you learn for it, and. And even the laws and all that, because yeah. that's a big, it's a big, like I'm seeing, like it's not just the, like when I think about getting a loan from the bank, I think your job is more complicated. It's more, there's more to it than just yeah, a giving a loan. Like yeah, yeah. there's a lot of research going on, there's a lot of knowledge about the laws and the tax and yeah, everything I mean, and businesses and that. But what, what I like, what I, I'm interested about what you do, because you've, you've gone into that side of the industries of, of getting business loans and that when I think about what you can do like for your own personal like starting your own business and that like yeah, is, there, is there a chance for you to be your own consultant oh definitely yeah and you know before I was a banker I had, I, I had my you know I had my own business with my sister I had a cafe in town for about four three and a half four years yeah they went through you know they went through a GFC and all that sort of stuff so we, we, we went through the struggle and know what it's all about um mm. But yeah, it does definitely give you the tools to understand and maybe even consult a little bit as well about mm. and provide a little bit of advisory when people go setting up. So I don't understand the taxes and the laws full on. It's very high level, very, mm. you know, it's probably just a real small fraction of it. Cause, oh, right. Because you know, what I understand is like the tax laws change all the time. Yeah, that's so right. So you got to keep up to date all the time. Yeah, right? but that's sort of, that's where we, so when we're doing a deal or, you know, with, with a business owner, there's like, um, it's a wraparound team, not like a wraparound services like Jacinda talks about for yeah. Chrome, but it's like, um, you, know, like there's, you know, there's a business owner, there's the bank, there's his lawyer or solicitor and, and the accountant. So all the law, legal stuff is what their solicitor's all over and helps them with. They're the expert and the accountant is really important as well with all the tax stuff. Because I don't know about that stuff. Like, tech, I don't know all the technicalities and the ins and outs. I know very high level about that sort of stuff, but that's where they come in. And that's where the business, like, if you're a business owner, you need to engage, you need to have that support around. You can't just go into a business and be like, sweet, I'm going to 
I'm gonna import those shares and sell those shares and make shitloads of money because those shares nobody else can sell them, you know. But you gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta understand. You can't just sell those shares and pay no tax. You might sell a million million dollars worth of those shares. Then the IRD is gonna say, well, you have you haven't paid your your 280 grand of tax because it's tw tax rate 28 percent. You're like, hang on, I've just bought cars and stuff and <laughs> spent all the money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Or paid, 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 paid for other things. It's, you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have help. Eh? You can't just do everything on your own. And you know, even a, even a small business, even like um, seeing a like a small barber shop, for example, you still need an accountant. Mm -hmm. You probably don't need a lawyer for everything, but you know, you might want a lawyer, for example, to help you sign up a lease agreement. You know, because you, you know, you, if you're renting a, a, a space in a in a in a mall or in that retail strip, you want to be able to make sure that you're signing a lease that's not going to screw you over, that's got funny clauses in it or whatever. Um, but you definitely always need an accountant because you want to make sure your taxes are all good and that you're, you know, paying tax on time and that sort of thing, Because, eh? you know, that can be a it can be a nightmare for some people. Yeah. But then and then then you obviously, yeah, need need the bank as well on your side if you need to borrow money because, you know, most people, I mean, some people have saved that money and then they can set up like a barber, just for a barber shop, for example, well, what's the setup cost? You have to buy mirrors, you have to buy chairs, barber mm. chairs, you have to buy, you know, all your, all your cutting gear, all that sort of stuff. You know, you might have money saved up or people might, you might pull money resources together to set it all up or you might have to ask the bank for the money. Right. So you still, yeah, you have to have a bit of a, bit of a plan and understanding about all of that stuff and um, a bit of a budget as well and, Normally, yeah, you figure some of it out yourself, but you normally need help, eh? Mm -hmm. It's always good to have help. Without revealing names, dropping names in that, have you experienced sad stories with business oh, coming to you heaps. and just failing and owing a million dollars? Heaps, man. Heaps. <laughs> oh, man, in COVID especially, like, I've, I've dealt oh, with some right. big players. Up, up, like, I, I, had a, I had a big one up in Kiri Kiri, up north, eh? In, big engineering client and just... COVID too hard. They, you know, had all these contracts that all just went pear shaped. Mm. They bought a whole bunch of new new equipment on finance, yeah. and then all, everything fell through. And then you know, just things just got worse and worse. And then taxes and all these things. Mm. And um, you have to help them through. And the banks, that's what the banks, you know, it's, people say, oh, the banks always say that, but actually, bankers actually, you know, the banks want to work with them, eh? Mm. Um, so the business has, fa has failed it's, it's gone into liquidation and they've had to sell up everything but they, you know they work with their accountants and the bank to look, slowly liquidate stuff and pay off debt mm. then you know fortunately for these guys they, they did they have historically done quite well they've built up a portfolio of, they've got their house up there they've got a couple of investment properties so they've had to sell mm. their investment properties and sell all the assets like the equipment in the business and it paid everything off, and they've just had to walk off into the sunset. You know, it's sad, man. It's sad, yeah. eh? They're you know, in their 60s. Oh, early 60s. They still, you know, they're pretty fit. They probably had a good 15, 20 years left in them mm. to run the business, and they just had to fucking sell up and walk away. You know, but, and, not, and, that's, and that's probably a good story, but there are some sad stories that they're not in that position, eh? And they... Well, what happens to people if, if they have a sad story like that? Like, they can't pay the... They obviously owe the bank money. Yep. They can't pay it back. 
what happens to them? Do they have to <coughs> continue owing for the rest of until it's paid off? Nah, the bank will write it off. Oh. You, you, and if if it's really bad, you just get bankrupt today, which is not what you oh, want. But you yeah. get bankrupt today, or you know, bad credit for the rest. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or they'll sell their. You know, some people lose their homes, and that's what might happen this year. And people, you know, some there are some people that have bought like um, let's say just they've they've bought. They've set up a restaurant, for example. They've put their house on the line. They've, you know, they've they've, they've spent three or four hundred grand mm. setting up a restaurant, and then uh, <clears throat> with inflation and interest rate pressures, people stop buying, going to their restaurant because they can't afford it anymore. They just go to the mm. takeaway and buy mm. a, a twenty thirty dollar feed with a family instead of spending a hundred bucks yeah. at the restaurant, and um, they can't pay. They can't pay their lease. They can't pay. They have to let go of their staff. The business has failed. They can't pay back the loan. Mm. But they've used their house as security. Their home as security. Yeah. They have to sell their home. <clears throat> and that's that's real sad, you know, because they have to. They lose their home. They pay back the bank. They might not even pay back all of the money. They might have still some debt left. <clears throat> but they've lost pretty much everything. And that that happens, eh? Mm. And that's why, like, um. When people are setting up a business, they need to get advice. They they can't just go in and, and do it because they have to. They need to understand the risks. Mm. That's why talking like sometimes when people, you know, especially when I was a young banker <clears throat> and new into business banking, some people would get real angry at me for saying, "Nah, I'm not giving you the money." Yeah. They're like, "Fuck you! Why are you not giving me the money, man? It's a good idea." <laughs> when I fucking, mm. I'm actually good doing you a favor mm. for not giving you the money. <laughs> they don't see that. Yeah. And sometimes they go somewhere else and they get the money and then they're like, oh, shit, you know. Then they're fucked. <laughs> <coughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's tough, eh? It's tough. You know, people do need to get advice and get help along the way and just need to think about a lot of things. Mm. Yeah, and it's just weighing up the education side of it too, eh? And being able to ask. Yeah, man. I mean, Especially with Pacific people, man. Like, we're probably the worst, man. Like, just to assume or listen to other people's take on it. Mm. Or, like, just that pressure of, oh, man, that guy's got a business. You should do what that guy's doing. Without actually seeking advice and getting educated on it, bro. Yeah. And, like, man, Cambodian, Southeast Asian people, the same. But they're real bad about that shit as well. Because in Asia, or Southeast Asia, Cambodia, like, tax systems are different. And over here, they might come here and they might set up, a, you know, Every bakery is a Cambodian fucking person in the background, eh? And, um, well, they'll set up like uh, you might have Laos or Thai people here that are, you know, painters and or, or plasterers or, or tilers. Yeah. And they'll go out and they actually have a good business, but they don't understand how it should work and then they don't pay tax. And they just make all of this money and they buy things and do things and, you know, they haven't paid any tax or whatever. And then all of a sudden the IRD goes, hey, You've been operating this business for five years and you haven't paid any tax. What's going on? Then they audit them and they're like, "Hang on, you actually owe us eight hundred grand, which I've actually seen. Shit. You owe us eight hundred thousand in tax that you haven't paid over the years. Sort it out. And then they have to, you know, often they have to sell something or they just some of them, you know, get you know some of them do it on purpose, and then they get sent to jail. You know, pretty serious." <laughs> There's one thing about, about finance I feel like no one, uh, a lot of people don't have education on is the, you need money to make money. Yeah, yep. That's a big one there, is it? Because yeah. when it comes to investments and 
and putting stuff into something to make more money. Yeah. Like it's hard to get to give money first. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the problem with me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard to give out the money first, understanding yeah, yeah. that if you invest in this, you're going to get more back yeah, in yeah, return. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not now, but maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. five years from now or, yeah. or next year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And a lot of people don't want to part ways with the that's right. initial uh, investment. Yeah, that's right. So people yeah. do think, oh, the bank should just give me the money. We'll pay them interest. But it's like, actually, the bank doesn't own any of your business. That's why the banks, that's why the banks caught up and, you know, all the finances are like, you know, you should have, where's your money? Where you, where's your skin in the game? Where's your what you call the, what, the, what, the, what they call hurt money because it hurts to part way with that money, you know? Why have you not saved fifteen grand or twenty grand to to help set things up? Why are you relying on us to give you all the money to get your get 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 um get your feet off the ground? Because yeah, it takes money to make money, but when you make the money, we're not, you know, stuff like for example, if it, if I didn't work for the bank and somebody said, oh, can you can I have can I have a hundred grand so I can do this? And make heaps of money, and I'm like, you know, I give them a hundred grand, but what's in it? What's in it for me? I might get some interest, but I haven't made anything. I've taken on all the risk. I might not get the hundred grand back, but so wasn't it for me? Um, where's, where, where have you? You know, that person has got to, got to, got to grind it out and save something and put something in, and and use that money to make their money as well. So you're no, definitely right. It does take money to make money, but. Most people don't want to part way with their own money and take the risk because it is a risk. Like, business is a massive risk, especially at the beginning. It's a massive risk, um, but most people just want it to be somebody else's risk. And like they, then they come to the bank and they think, "Oh, the banks make heaps of money. They can take the risk. It doesn't really matter." But you know, lots of different risks that fall over makes a big difference to any business, eh? So that's why it's like it's not. That's why the bank has to go through all that due diligence and tick these boxes and make sure that the person that's lending or, or borrowing the money is good for it. Mm. And that's why I think like the, like with owning a property helps in that sense because that's actually back up to the bank to yep. get more money yep. to, so, yeah. to use money. Yeah, that's right. Like there's a thing with I there's a thing I think about like how if if you own a home, right? And whatever equity you have, that's how much you can borrow from the good so good sorry about that uh listeners uh, it's just live is it it's not live is it <laughs> no it's not live <laughs> i forgot what we we're talking about now uh, do you know. remember what, what we're talking about risk borrow money about houses i think yeah no oh yeah yeah no no I, I was trying to i was trying to i was talking about how i think this day and age with, with New Zealand like owning the house people don't recognise how much advantage you have when you own a house oh hey, yeah man definitely, definitely. it's yeah. a big advantage big, big advantage because I remember I was watching the news and they were talking about the um the pension yeah. and the um and the KiwiSaver yeah. like if you retire in the future it might not be enough it's not gonna be enough man that's it you get your Kiwi bank you get your KiwiSaver and you, and you get your pension and if you're renting you're fucking screwed. And it might be it might be a thousand bucks a week in rent at that time. You Shit, know? you're screwed, man. Yeah. So having having a house, it does put you in control of your own destiny mm. in terms of yeah, you own it, it depreciates in value. Um, you know, when you retire, hopefully you've paid off your house. All you have to pay is for the insurance and the rates mm. and the electricity yeah, yeah. and stuff. But also, like you're saying, going back to business, most often 
when people set up a business, they use their house as security when they set up. Eventually, they let the, the houses get separated and the business stands on its own and they lend money against the business and the assets in the business. But initially, normally, the house is what carries them through. You know, the guys that I work with now that are multi-millionaires and stuff, it all started from having their house, leveraging up against their house to start up the business. Yep, that's it, man. Their house is what got them got them in the game, really, eh? And, and, then, and then it comes down to, like, education and stuff, too. Yeah. Like, not knowing what they, what they could have. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So I think, um, yeah, having a house, and it's not easy to get into a house, but I think that's always no. probably the goal. That's working now. That's working now. It wasn't working before. <laughs> I could hear you, but I was probably just from you talking. Put that in front of me. Is a secondary. Yeah, but no, the house definitely makes a difference, eh? But um, it's just, um, I think, yeah, it's just getting people aware of what the process is to get into their house and what they have to do. And, and it's, it's not easy. It's real hard. Everyone knows it's hard. But if it was hard, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't hard, then we wouldn't. Everybody would have a house, and which it probably is the way that it should be. But um, it's not, you know, the world, world's not perfect, eh? The world's not perfect, but you just have to, um, everyone just needs to be aware of what it takes and then put plans in motion to get to the goal and you know, and also be patient and have and realise that it's not going to happen overnight, that the, the, the home ownership goal is probably normally a 10-year plan. That's just being real. People just need to... So kids need to start thinking about that sort of as soon as they leave school or when they start working, you know, and it probably takes us as parents to help fucking, you know, get that into their head as well. Yeah. They need to start saving money. And, you know, it's not easy for a, for young kids anyway to save save money because um, they want to go on holidays and buy cars, and that's all cool because you got to live a life when you're young as well, and got, you know. But that's why KiwiSaver is there. Cause that takes that that that's like um that's forced savings. That's forced, and if you can get into KiwiSaver as soon as you start working, over ten years. That's a lot of money. There's going to be a lot of money in your KiwiSaver, and if you're with a partner or whoever, it doesn't even have to be your life. It doesn't even have to be a life. But it could be friends. It could be two two or three friends that get together, like the three of us. Just imagine the three of us, twenty years old. Or, you know, have a dream, we'll buy a house when we're 30. We'll all just go do our own thing, but we'll just, when we're 30, we're going to come back. Cash out that KiwiSaver, we might have like 20 grand in there each. And then that's 60 grand together, let's use that to buy a house. If it's 10%, that's a $600,000 house. And then that might be a small three-bedroom house, but that's enough for us that we don't have to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. That's what, you know, that's, that's probably an easy way to, to think about it. And I feel like people need to know this, especially Polynesian people. Eh? Like Oops. that's that's sixty percent renting. That's too high, man. You I know? told you, man. My circle of boys before, like when I left school, these are the close ring of boys that my kids know as uncle. That was all. That was pretty much the conversation when I had my daughter. I was like, man, we need a you know pull finger, and life has turned that way. But what I'm grateful about having Tim in my life, and because we go way back, it was like. My mum and dad's house, like when that, now that it's in a trust, it's like, I needed advice, but I wasn't willing, I had too much pride to walk into the bank. 
but because I know the authors in the industry, that was my 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 net. So I went to the bro. I need advice. I need I need help, man. Like these these um, perpetual guardians have ownership of my mum's estate. What's the best way to go about trying to get this over the line so it doesn't fall through the gap and we fucking lose out on our house? Mm-hmm. Now it's at a place where it's like. You know, I was at the point where I was gonna actually go get a personal loan and try and cover this amount for my for my mum and for my sisters that were living at the house at the time. And if it wasn't for Tim, bro, and my wife always says it, I loved him because if it wasn't for Tim to come in and just he bought a pie with him and he said, I'm just gonna be straddles. I'm gonna ask I'm gonna put it like this. So I was willing to go pay what would have been like twenty eight percent for ten grand. Because at the time I thought in my heart, fuck, i got to do this because my dad's gone. Now it's just my mum and my sisters. And the piece of advice he gave me was fucking what pretty much made me see the light. And he said, i got to ask you, bro, because you know, I love you, we go way back. But i got to ask you, would your siblings do it for you? Would they go and get a loan at 28% for 10 grand? Would they do it for you? They fucking wouldn't, bro. Because it's stupid. But at the time... My judgment was that clouded, like with the grief of my old man and all the rest of it. But if he didn't walk into the house that morning and say it, I would have fucking got that loan. Mm. But you know, it's like sometimes like your close boys can't even tell you because they don't have the fools to tell you. But when you got logical friends and childhood friends, like the bro, like fuck, he said it. And that was, that wasn't sugarcoating any bullshit. That was like, but would they do it for you? They wouldn't. Or they probably couldn't. Well, they would be in a position to That's do it. it. They weren't in a position to do it. So then, you, how how do we go around it? Yeah, bro. Right. And what fuck, do we do that from that looks day, after man, everybody? Like, it was like, man, like just the relief of me, like being, like you know, just being confronted straight up like that. It was like that was up, bro. Like I didn't fuck. I don't know them anything, right? I got my own family. Like I don't know them anything. And the way it is sitting now with my sisters, well, that's up to them to do. Like everyone's got to grow up sometime. So like I'm grateful. That some could just tell me that straight up, hey, like you know. Mm. So I'm glad I didn't apologize that day, you know, because <laughs> he came back and just gave me a bit of reality, you know. And that's what I needed with a pie. With a pie, man. And that's all it was, <laughs> man. It's like, fuck yeah, it ain't my problem to solve. That's for them to fucking, you know, mm. wake up and smell the roses, like shit. Sink or swim. And like right now, it's still sitting with the perpetual guardian. So, yeah, man. I'm grateful, bro. I think that's another reason why maybe our people fall over. Hey, the emotional side gets in the way yeah. with the the business side, you know. Like, but sometimes we we need to be tested like that, right? Because mm. if we don't go through it, oh, then how, how would you learn? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, if we never tread through mud, yeah. But also hard be. hard for people to swallow pride as well. I think, oh, hey, one hundred man, one hundred man. People just don't want to, you know. It's hard to. Admit that you're wrong, or it's hard to be like to admit that you don't know what to do, man. Fuck, there's heaps of like, I don't know what to do. It's like you just gotta fucking swallow the pride and say, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Because, but you know, more, most often they're not. We'll find there's always somebody out there that wants to and is willing to help, eh? Because you know how you're talking about the um, the penny up thing, that's exactly how you can use, use money to your advantage. The penny up, you know, start. Like, I, I, I think that if you start small and just gradually get better and better every time, eh? like yeah. up it, up it, like nobody it's, gets it's rich no, overnight. Eh? It's no hard, eh? it's <laughs> not hard. Eh? It's easy. Like start simple, keep it simple. Yeah. Like I, I talked about before, like you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. 
Like it doesn't mean spending bloody ten grand. Yeah, yeah. You can spend a dollar. Like if you're smart enough, you know, you can start small and yeah, yeah. And it's that longevity of keeping that something. Yeah, yeah. And just keeping it growing, yeah. eh? So wait, one of my customers, prime example of that, eh? He um just started by importing. He's like, oh, there's this uh, food that people don't really get, and he he just bought a few hundred bucks of it. See, oh, well, people wonder, you know, people will buy it, but I don't know. We'll just try it. Yeah. Bought a few hundred bucks of it from, I think he maybe got it from Fiji. And then just, you know, it's all like if Asian, like Southeast Asian, like Thai people, Cambodian mm. and Vietnamese people like to eat it. And he's like, oh, I'll get it from Fiji, just like mangoes and stuff and all that. He'll bring it up, put a few hundred bucks, bring it over and just sell it to a few people. Mm. And, oh, yeah, people bought it, made a little bit of money, made maybe, you know, from that few hundred bucks, he maybe made 80 bucks or 100 bucks. And he said, I'll do a bit bigger scale and bigger scale. Bro, you know, he's got a $30 million business now. Shit. Mm. He, 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 mate, two years ago, he built, he bought a prop, he, he had a property out, out in Manukau and he sold it for about 8 million bucks, but he bought a million, he bought a property by the airport, 10 million bucks, and then spent another 5 million on it mm. to build this massive warehouse with this frozen cools, you know, frozen, um, refrigeration storage units and all that sort of stuff. But he's got, you know, 30 odd million dollar business mm. that turns over every year, 30 million, you know, 30, probably growing more, more than that now. See how many good stories have, have come to you like that? How There's many? a few, like quite a few of them. Yeah. It's quite a few of them, and eh? Are there stories that like start, they come to you that to start up a business and you think, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah, Next minute yeah, blows most, up. Yeah. Most of these guys are already started before my time, but there is one that started eh, and they did like, you know, canning and, drink manufacturing and you know making doing, doing and i started mm. I, I started them off almost from scratch hey eh? um this is back in the day and they've gone pretty well now eh? mm. and i still i don't i don't i don't even bank them anymore and look after them anymore because <laughs> mo i moved on yeah. but um i still talk to them eh? and it's just like we just talk reminisce in the old days like oh you know remember when you first got your first machine for like <laughs> 20 grand bought it over from china and it didn't even work <laughs> And then you sold your customers um, these personalized, you know, those corporate, you know, they, they I think um, some insurance company bought them for um, just for their staff for Christmas, you know, mm -hmm. it's just bears, but they just put their logo on it. So my customer made them for them and then they, they, they gave them out to their staff and they all leaked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, just, you know, looking at where you are now, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, all the clean collective stuff, mm. the vodkas, they make all of those now. Oh, yeah. It's like it's crazy, yeah. Yes, but um, you know, not every story is a good story. But even there's another guy. I mean, I didn't set him up, but it's like Moldy Moldy family, yeah. He was just one man on a digger, mm. one man on a digger contracting. Now he's massive, eh? Massive, massive, massive business. But you know, there, it just takes a little bit of money to start, bit of belief, a bit of a plan. Yeah. But also. He went and bought that digger himself, you know, so he didn't ask, he did it himself. So it's just you know, that penny up thing, start small. He was working for somebody else. I don't know, might have been one of like the Fulton Hogan's or whoever of this or the Fletcher's of the world, who knows? And he thought, you know, I get paid a salary. I'm going to struggle, sacrifice, grind it up, save a little bit of money. And then he bought his first little digger for yeah. like 15 grand, a secondhand shitty digger. Yeah. <laughs> And when I start just doing some little work at people's backyards, they can hire mm. me out and I'll just clear their land or do whatever. Mm. 
and now he's massive. He's just sort of grown from there, grown from there, got in a few more gigs, then got a few more guys, and then, mate, when I look at his asset list, he's got probably about $50 million worth of trucks, Shit. excavators. Mate, he's, he's got, he's got um, high-ab trucks that can lift, like, containers and stuff like that as well. It's like, mate, every, you know, does it all, eh? And it's like, just started, you know, and he was, you know, he's not the most smartest intellectual he's just a rough like from the hood man just, one of the boys from and, the hood that's just good at what he does he's eh? good at what he did and then just set yeah. it up and then he just partnered with the right people like he got the right got a good accountant got a good lawyer i wasn't as good banker the guy'd look after him now but i'd like to say i was as good banker <laughs> to help him but you know he was already he's already there uh, by the time i came along but you know just but it was that penny up start small mm. and just grow i think that's another thing that people don't realize or maybe people do realize the whatever you you're good at your job if you're the best at it or if you love it enough where you're working hard at it trying to improve trying to get better you know one day you're going to be the best worker at that job yeah and then sure. that's going to move you to quitting that job and starting your own business doing the same thing because exactly, you know you're man. better than anyone else that works there. exactly man exactly. and that guy hey, like he might not be the bit the best smartest guy but he knows his job he knows his job he knows his job yeah. and he knows that his clients know that he knows can do a good job at what he does exactly. you know exactly so that's enough to get you over the line that's yeah. it man that's yeah. it but that doesn't take over that's not an overnight thing that's, nah, man. That, that's like a longevity thing yeah. as well it's more, yeah, baby steps mm. just takes time you just work away at it eh? just yeah. work away at it have you had clients where they come to you like later in life like you know like they come to you at 50 or 40? Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like, even now, some of these guys have just come, you know, they, they've already they already got real good business, but they want to do something else. Mm. Or they want to acquire another business. They, they definitely, there's a little bit of that, eh? And then you've got to sort of work through and go through the motions. And sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, eh? Mm. Sometimes you go through all of this work with them and their professionals and their advisors, like their accountants and lawyers. And at the end of it, it might be a month of work, and then, oh, no, it's not worth it. Man. And it happens as well. And, and it might be for them. They, they might have said, actually, no, it's not worth us doing this. We're comfortable. We're doing we're, make, we're doing all right. But doing that actually puts us at risk. Oh, yeah. No. But then there's, other, then there's the other side. And it's like, no, nah, I don't think you should do it. But they think they should do it. And because I haven't done it, they've gone to another bank and they do it. And it's like sometimes it works out there too. But sometimes... I've seen it doesn't work out at all, eh? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I had a guy that was doing, yeah, oh, what were they doing? Like con construction stuff, but they wanted to do into, go into manufacturing books and shit like that. And it's like, but that's not even what you, that's not even your yeah, core yeah. business. So <laughs> your, 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 your construction, commercial construction, now you want to do into, go into manufacturing of like books and stuff. And books, man, who reads a book these days? You people have Kindles or podcasts or audio books and things like that. I and mean, it's like, yeah, there's still people do read books, but it's not, it's not massive, eh? And there's already existing players in the in the industry. So like you're coming in, starting something else. Like, mate, how do you compete with the other guy who's been doing it for the last fifty yeah, years? Yeah. You know, with your experience working, working, like, what business have you seen that's has the most chance of falling over? 
it's hard to say. Eh? Every business has a real good chance of falling over. Because I think it's bars and restaurants. Because the, the amount of turnovers there are, like, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. especially nightclubs. Because yeah. over the years, nightclubs changed names all the time. Like, I reckon like, nightclubs are fucking good. I nah, they can be. Like, any business can be bad. It all depends on the owner running it. The guy, the guy or the girl or the group of people running it. Cause, you know, and that's why you see you know bars and restaurants or nightclubs. Some of them change over all the time. Yeah. They might make really good money at the beginning, then the people just fucking take their eye off the ball. They're not working in the business anymore. They hire a whole bunch of managers to work in. The managers don't give a fuck. They're giving their friends free shots, right, free yeah. drinks. <laughs> they're like, oh, why are we making money? You know, it's like, oh, because the managers are giving away free drinks and free food, but you still got all of these costs. You know, it's like, what's you know. That is, you know, it, it, it all comes down to the guys running the show, the people running the show. They make it or they break it. And even even those that have made it that do really well, even though they're set up and they're all everything's good, they're making shitloads of money, there's still an opportunity to break it. And quite often, it's very easy to break, especially the guys that want to grow too fast as well. They might, because, you know, you know it's, like you said, it takes money to make money, but it also, it takes money to grow and do more but also if you fuck it up the, you know it's like a big tower you know the the you, as you're building the tower once one little thing drops the whole thing falls eh so um you know it's that's a, that's a risk as well like that's and that's why you know any business any business can be a, can can fall it doesn't really matter doesn't matter what industry like it all depends on the people running it eh if the people running it keep their head on straight and work hard and you know understand their business, their industry, their market—they'll always be fine. People that start to deviate or like to do too much or get you know or, or take their foot off the gas or take take their eye off the prize—they're the ones that um, tend to fall over. It doesn't matter what industry they're in, eh? Mm. You know, with um, well, with New Zealand, like New Zealand for a long time has been the country where we pride ourselves of um, small business, yeah, for a yeah, long yeah, time, yeah, eh? yeah. Like you either work for someone, or you start, you do a startup. Like between the both things, like either work for someone or start a business. Like in your perspective, like what, what would be the best option for people? Well, everybody's different because people take to stress differently as well, eh? And running a, your own business is a lot of stress too. Like you know, you know, there's a, you know, I, I've got a few mates that are accountants, or you know, I've got some some guys that I've worked with over the years since I've been a banker. You know, we just had a, a professional relationship. Now we're like we're mates in that day. Eh? And there's a thing that we talk about is some people when they, they they go into a business, they've bought themselves as a job, but with with all the extra stress. So like you know, you might go out and get paid say fifty grand doing whatever. Then they decide I'm gonna do something else and be my own boss. And when you work it out and they've done it, then you know they they've got this business set up. They're still making fifty grand, sixty grand, maybe. But on top of that, <laughs> but they've got stress of you know where's the next dollar coming from. I've got staff issues, you know, because you know when you're a boss and you've got and you've got employees, you're often a counselor as well because everybody's got issues, you know. Staff is always they've got and, and people often bring their issues into work, and when you're the employer, you've got to manage those issues. You know, where there can be some, you know funny little issues like just hangovers and things like that that yeah a little bit of annoying but you can manage that there can be you know 
sick day, sick issues, which, you know, it's still okay. But then it can be a real tricky one, like domestic violence. How do you manage domestic violence that's quite sensitive? Mm. And how do you manage that? And it's like, um, that takes a toll on the business owner as well. Um, yeah, so sorry, I forgot what I was talk, what I was, was going to say. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it makes sense because I, because at my work, the, I was I experienced an opportunity where someone at work had the opportunity to be a associate of the oh, company okay, or yep, yep. even a, a director, but they turned it down because they didn't want the stress of it. You know, they'd rather just work because they don't want the added yeah, thing yeah. of looking after the company. Yeah, because yeah, you want your own cost center. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and he had stuff on the side too, like he had properties on the side to manage and and even though he got opportunity to have a piece of the company you don't want to buy into it yeah 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 because that might not change your income per se you might yeah, it might yeah. it might it might lift it massively but it might not but over but, time probably will but yeah but he just and, couldn't afford the stress of yeah, immediate of, stress of, of all that responsibility yeah yeah for you sure know? for sure so it's hard it's hard to say is 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 setting up your own business or working for somebody Better. It just depends on your situation. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on your ability to manage stress as well. Because you know, working for somebody and having four weeks annual leave, ten days sick leave, you know, all these other things that that come with just working for somebody. That's pretty good. When you're your own boss, you're running your own business. You don't get four weeks annual leave. No. Any holiday costs you money because <laughs> you've got to pay somebody else to do your job. Yeah. So you're actually there's no such thing as a holiday, you know. It's different. It's a different way of looking at things. Yeah, you can um yeah you can delegate and all that, but still it's like it's it's different. It's, it's different. reality. That's reality. Yep. In a nutshell, pretty yep. much. Yeah. But, but you carry all the team. risk. You, yeah, you sign. You either buy a property or you buy a premises to operate out of, and you got a service to loan, or you lease something. And you know the way that leases work, you're lo- you know commercially you're locked in. For a, you, know, you normally lock in for a year, two years, three years, whatever. Mm. But if your business falls over, for example, you know, we'll say now your business falls. If you lock, say, say for example, you sign up to a to a warehouse or whatever for three years, you got to pay ten grand a month for three years. When your business falls over after one year, you still are committed legally yeah. well, to pay for the last two yeah. years. Yeah, you know, so that's got a weigh on your mind as a business owner as well. Like all these things uh, create, you know, create risk, uh, create risk and stress. But people still do it. People still do it. People still do it. And people still do it well and make money. So it just depends. Everybody needs to, how is it, like understand their own personality. Yeah. Understand what they're capable of. Like everybody's capable of a lot, but everybody has a different personality. Some people are leaders. Some people are not. Um, some people know how to manage certain processes. Some people cannot. Like, man, like, um, you know, I've gone to a certain level at the bank, but... I know, man, I'm shit with detail. Like, I am fucking high level. I know a deal if there's a deal. I know how things at a high level, how they should work. But I rely on my my helper, my, my like, sort of my, my cruncher, number cruncher analyst mm. to do a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff. To do all the, the you know, he, he forms probably 80% of the report that I have to write because I can't be bothered. Uh, not that I can't be bothered. I don't have the detail in me to, to, to put it all on paper. I know at a high, I can put a summary Two, two or three pages. This is what you know, 
but he got he's got to go ahead and uh, do the rest. Mm. Um, but so everyone's different. So running a business is you just got to know what you can and can't do, and you know, so it's hard, it's hard one to answer. There's so many variables. Eh? I I experienced like a, a service, and then um, I wasn't happy with the quality of service provided, and I knew the the owner personally through friends. And I remember at the time I had to sort of confront it because I wasn't because I paid for a service. Yeah. And the way that advertised it was like, "Fuck, this is the bee's knees. This is the top." And like, in a lot of us were using it like the service. And I felt I owed it to my close friends to bring it to their knowledge, but I didn't want to do it. Whereas like it came across like, "Fuck, this guy's just complaining for nothing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the beauty in me confronting the the friends. Because then it was obviously close friends about it was that they said you need to confront them because them as a business need to see it from like their perspective like you know and and the service wasn't actually done by them it was through one of their um their employees in my heart i felt like i owed it to bring it to their attention because i'd hate for me to hear it in the barber shop that these same people use the same service and then it came back but i had never said anything yeah, yeah, about it yeah. earlier and I wanted them to sort of project like, hey, like that's an employee, it's not their name on the top of the building. Yeah, that's it. So when it was sort of like criticism, but it was just constructive. Tying, yeah, constructive, but tying up loose ends that I sort of felt like, fuck, yeah, yeah. you know. A lot of people have that mentality that go, oh, fuck, I just come in, clock in, fuck off him. But like for business owners, it's a bit different, you know, because yeah. they're there, that's their name, and if it comes through the shop, bro, that's a fucking red yeah, flag, you know. That's, it, that's, that's it. the last thing that yeah. you want. Yep, that's it. But I just felt like, man, I had to say it. But I was glad that I got it off my chest because yeah, in yeah. the end, you know, the guy showed up. We spoke about it, and he told me why he couldn't show up to the meeting. But I just felt like, man, if you know, a lot of people can take constructive criticism like that. Yeah. But you're built to be in the business, eh? And yeah, they, man. And, and you, a business owner, should take constructive criticism. That's what it's all about. Because you want to be, be able to make sure that you're providing the right. So people pay for either your product or your service. You want to be making sure they're getting, getting what they paid for, right? Eh? And mm -hmm. if they're not, the business owner needs to be aware of it. Yeah. And if if they if they don't care, then often the business won't won't succeed either. I think because that's a segment that we should be doing on the other clips, you need like just of services that are out there in the industry that aren't living up to fucking where it should be. Like call them out, like yeah, <laughs> almost call them out, but like just let them wear it, like you know. Because a lot of people like tend to use reviews now, but like how relevant are reviews these days? I reckon reviews are you gotta take some of them with a grain of salt. Reviews, eh? Because sometimes people are just unhappy for some other reason. Or just bias, eh? But yeah. then they're biased and they just spill it out in the review, and it's not necessarily the business's fault either. But you know, it's like people will hate on me, you know, if I've declined <laughs> them alone for whatever reason. <laughs> they'll be like, you know, he's just fucking useless. Doesn't know what he's doing. But it's actually no. Well, there were, there were my reasons. And, you know, sometimes they, they, they actually prove themselves and they're actually able to do it, but some of them, they just confirm why I said no. Mm. You know, so um, it's hard, eh? Now, was, you know, in, the, in America, like how they have the the tipping, that sort of sorts it out, eh? Like if you don't tip, then, you know, that's a sucker oh, shit. That's shit place. Eh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they have to up their game. And that's what I liked about it when I went to Hawaii because... Because everyone tips, that keeps everyone accountable, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. All the yeah. restaurants, all the service. You know, if you got good service. Because we had mean service. Yeah. I went to this um, steakhouse over there. Fuck, they did everything. Like, if it wasn't good, they would go make another uh, 
another plate if it wasn't cooked right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were, they ordered us uh, Uber to go back and all that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Like they went out their way to make sure our experience was top notch. Yeah, yeah. Because they know they're going to get tipped. And I think that's the mentality of all the hospitality places yeah, yeah, over there because yeah, yeah. they need to, especially a tourist place like Hawaii, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Waikiki, like you need to do that shit, eh? But no, I think we should call out businesses of the outside this factory, you know? Yeah, bro. I mean, we did today with the pie review. <laughs> we did today on the pie review, man. Like, uh, Wasn't a good pie. But It's, it's, see, justifying, it's justifying the price. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then yeah. it doesn't need to be the, the quality of the, of, the, of the food. It can't be like the service. Yeah. Like, what, you just threw the change at me? Yeah. That yeah, kind of yeah. thing? Like, oh, you didn't. Where's, where's my smile? Yeah. <laughs> where's, my, where's my friendly welcome? Yeah. <laughs> Who next? Hey, like yeah, it's not cutting it these days. Yeah, I feel yeah, the racism yeah. in this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Eh? That's it. Uh, good stuff. Love. It's good having a yarn. Eh? It was real good having a yarn and, and chat. Right. I don't know if I. I don't really have too much of a of a plan or agenda, and I don't know if I made much sense about anything. <laughs> nah, bro, you dropped some gems, man. Like you dropped some gems, man. We I love, I love, I love that I got you in my corner, bro. Like you know, to me, I'm life rich for the the advice, the the family conversations, and all the rest of it, bro. Like, like to speak my truth, I feel like you know, if like we can't be, you you you're a text away. I shouldn't be I shouldn't be trying to jump over the top of you when you that's your industry you know what I mean like I wouldn't want to go to someone else I feel comfortable like letting you know my stuff it's all good man I'm always happy to help eh? yeah. and that's to anybody man like it's all good but it's the it's not just from me like I hear it from everyone else too you know it's like yeah bro something's good like that and like to me your heart's pure bro it's as pure as they come bro not and always but that, that's <laughs> but that to me is Ranui, that's that's our runway connection you know what I mean yeah, yeah. that's our hood connection bro and I appreciate you, my bro. Like, always got made love for you, bro. Good, man. Likewise, eh? It's all good. Well, good, man. Thanks for coming on, eh? I learned, I learned a lot, eh? If you, if you think you didn't... I hope, I hope so. If, <laughs> I if you think you didn't offer anything, that was good Good insight to um, what you do and around the financial stuff and the banking stuff. You know, like, I'm always interested in that kind of thing where, you know, especially our Polynesian people, you know, like, we, we're not really clued up on that kind of stuff, you know, the the money side of life, you know. And I think that speaks to how, you know, we're like lower down in the socioeconomical stuff on society. Eh? Like we're, we're not really, you know, <coughs> we can't, it seems like we can't navigate that, that space, but no, but, you know, we it's good to have you on to, yeah. to talk about it. it just, yeah. yeah, it just takes time, eh? People yeah. just, you know, people don't know what they don't know. Mm. And it just it slowly takes time and just to get their head around it, understand it. And once they understand what it's about, what the process is and how things work and how they need to make it work, how to play the game. A lot of it's just how to play the game. How to play the game, exactly. But they know how to play the game. Exactly. Because the game's here to be played and once they know how to play it, mm. then it all works out. It's just because most people don't understand it. That's, that's yeah. A lot of people just don't understand how to play the game. That's it. Yeah, that's it. So when we when we when we when we start to play the game, these white people will be to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> the bank of Cameron's coming to you soon. <laughs> I reckon, eh? I reckon. All right, boys. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.